If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. This week's episode of the Realest Podcast Ever is sponsored by the Circuit and Veli brand. Presents the baby live at the TLA Wednesday, April 3rd. That's Wednesday, April 3rd, the baby live at the TLA. Tickets available now at LiveNationPhilly.com. That's LNPhilly.com or on Ticketmaster.com. Make sure you go right now. Get your tickets before they sell out. The baby live this Wednesday, April 3rd at the TLA. T-R-P-E. The realest podcast ever, realest podcast ever. Two brothers bringing thinking on a second level. Music, sports, fashion, politics, and the streets. The best two hours out of every week YDN, Dinosaurs, and YBODs Real talk every time, this is what you need We just out here popping shit It's your boy C. Diddy and Matt makes me sick T-R-P-E, T-R-P-E, go T-R-P-E, T-R-P-E, go The realest podcast ever The realest podcast ever Jim, oh man, we are back. We are. And guess what? It's my birthday. Today is your birthday. And I'm fried. Again. Yeah, you, you stumbled in here on some. Uh, <laughs> what's the leader of the Temptations? <laughs> David Ruffin. Yeah, <laughs> it was David Ruffin. I prefer, I prefer 90s Robert Downey Jr. It's like, uh, you, got lo- you got locked up again, Bob? Yeah, it's a rough week. I'm going to be all right, though. It's still our rise. He said, hey, man, some tickets to the show. I'll be there. He said, these tickets are for yesterday. <laughs> I guess I ain't going to be there. I missed another show. <laughs> really? How you came in here? I said, so yo, uh, you got notes written down there? Nah. Nah. It's all, all up here. <laughs> all up here. All up here in the mental database. I have a, I have a file of floppy disk up here. <laughs> Ready to be deployed at any moment. Yo, somebody said that word to me yesterday. I was talking about uh, my street team and shit. I was like, yeah, I got to go. I was like, I don't want to use the right word. I was like, it's not employed because they're already employed. And they were like, deploy. You want to deploy your team. And ever since, I've used that word 95 times since 7 o'clock yesterday. It's like uh, deploy shenanigans on Super Troopers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have to deploy my I had to go deploy my team when I leave here today. It's such a great word. Because it, like, it can mean like you're going to go invade a small country and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Or it could just mean you're going to go pass out some flyers. Yeah. It's 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 all encompassed, and I like words like that. Deploy. The word of the show is deploy. I'll probably figure. You'll probably say something else. It'll probably be the word. Of the, show <laughs> well, the, the word of the show is always subject to change. In yeah, case y'all don't much. Know. How how uh how are you feeling, Jabir? I'm feeling fantastic. I'm old as shit. I'm turning 36 today. Um, it is also Ra's birthday today. Yes, it is. Shout Happy. out to Ra. Shout out my homegirl uh, Tania. It's her birthday. Uh, TNP can on IG. It's her birthday. Uh, my homegirl, uh, Jen, Cakes by Jen, it's her birthday today. A lot of people's birthdays is uh, is 329. Um, just shout out to all the Aries in general. Everybody thinks that I'm a Pisces because I do my party so early every year. And I'm like, no, I have two birthdays. I'm like DJ Khaled. I have my actual birthday. And then I have a marketing date, which is the best possible date for me to make the most amount of money by doing my birthday party then. And that's when the fuck I do it. So this particular year, the 15th and 16th was my marketing birthday weekend. But today's my actual birthday. And it worked out to where I was out of town. So we skipped the week. And then now here we are doing a podcast on the birthday. That's pretty cool. I thought about it when I was uh, driving here. I'm like, wait, uh, today's Chad and Rob's birthday. How about it? Like. The, uh, yeah, so definitely happy birthday to my brother Ra. Uh, much success 
uh, love and whatever else it is that you're doing, lifting weights and DJing and being the best handicapper in the city. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got on uh, Aries season. What do you got going on, brother? Yeah, I actually drew. Did you know it was a 24-hour bowling alley down the street? No. I'm going to hit that jump <laughs> one of these. One I, of these. I don't know that there's anything over did here. Did you know that? <laughs> I actually been there once. Have you been there? Yeah. Is, is it sketchy? Uh, at a certain hour, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Well, because I'm like, uh, there's no reason outside of <laughs> trying to hustle somebody right. that you'd be bowling at three in the morning. Bunch of smelly pirate hookers in there. But one of these days we record uh, on a late night. I'm, I'm gonna go over there and try to catch a game for fifteen hundred. It, it, it's probably exactly what you think it is. On some kingpin <laughs> shit. Like, hey, I'm a traveling dictionary salesman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Lying and shit. But yeah, I peeped that today when I was uh, because I left from a. Uh, the mall, yeah, and I went to uh, oh, I went to Vitamin Shop to buy some protein, and I had a uh, I know you, I'm like, uh oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Roro Shaggy yeah, chick in there, she uh, know me from the social media shit, and she was just like, yeah, you know your story is so dope, you know whatever, whatever. She was trying to show me creatine and fat burners, and I'm just like, sis, look, I just want some vanilla protein, so I can get the hell out of here. Which town was this in? The vitamin shop. Deptford, probably? I, no, I, w- I left from the Deptford Mall and went to the vitamin shop over here. It's right near the Pizzeria Uno. Okay. I don't know the street. but Ran- it's- Ramparts of Jersey's just uh, knowing about you. Yeah, it's wild. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, the vitamin shop right over there next to the uh, Uno. It's right off of 42. I, I don't I don't know the that, actual. That's Stepford, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the street it's on, but I was at the Deptford Mall, and then I went there, and then, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever. Man, somebody, somebody I know got caught creeping at the Deptford Mall the other day. Thought they was low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit, we left. Somebody walked up on them like. What you doing here? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> never a good look. I've heard it happen before. It never happened to me, but I've heard I've heard uh I've heard horror stories. But uh, yeah, other than that, man, um, this week has been wild. The um, you know, I'm on a six now, right? So okay. I'm, I'm up uptown, right? Uh, uptown, up uptown vibes and shit. The um. It's a it's a wild place. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I. When I first started, you forgot I've been there 10 years now, right? I started in 09. And I actually used to work uptown. Like, I used to do the six a lot back yeah. in the day. And I I just, I got on the 27 and the nine out Roxborough, and I was pretty much on that. So when it came down to pick this time, I wanted a specific hour because I wanted to go to the gym before work right, and right, still right. be able to rest and shit. So I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this joint on the six. You know, shit like uh, uptown, Ogons, that shit, it's all cool up there. Bruh, I don't. <laughs> like, it happens fast, like quick. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't but seven, eight years ago where yeah. it was like, yo, it was it was halfway all right. Yeah. And now it's just like, imagine being a child of pa- of parents that made enough money to move you to a West Oak Lane or Alney or something like that, where they had a big enough house, you had a backyard and all that shit, and then you grow up and all you want to <laughs> do is just destroy everything around you. Every like. The shit to go. It's funny because like you, you know the Dunkin' Donuts right there. Oh man, that's, 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 that shit is the center of that, negativity. That's the uh, what's it called in the hurricane? The, uh, the Ida Storm. <laughs> <laughs> that Dunkin' yeah, that Donuts. Shit is, that shit is negativity Yo, center north. Tell you how funny this shit was. It's a supervisor that sits in the booth at Brawnoni, yeah. right? And my first day out there, I saw him, and I'm like, he looked like a square. Like he just looked like a nerd. Like he just be doing the most. Like, and you know me, I'm not. 
I, I do write, but like I, you know, I, I wear a hat that I'm not supposed to have on, or a, sh- a, a jacket over my like. I don't wear a septic coat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm just like, I know he's gonna be bothering me and whatever, whatever. But then I see him like it's dudes be having their shirts untucked. He don't. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, oh, I guess he all right. But then I like I'm looking at him, no facial hair at all. Yeah. He just you don't expect him to like Braxton P. Hart in the break. That's what you kind of. Yeah. <laughs> So my maybe my, my second or third day out there, I was I went to the Dunkin' Donuts to get a coffee, and I got in there. I'm like, oh, this Jonas, it was just way too much going on. <laughs> so I come back over with the coffee. He see me. He was like, yo, and I'm thinking he about to bother me because I had on a Nike hoodie. Over yeah. He come over. He like, yo, um. You went to that Dunkin' Donuts? I'm like, yeah. He was like, yo, you'll get your issue in that. You know what I'm <laughs> I fell the fuck out. Because <laughs> I didn't expect him to see. He was like, you'll get your issue in that, Joe. And it's, it's, it's so wild. Like, it's chicks out there selling weed. One, the chick the other day was like, loud out, loud out. And she had a double stroller. Like, you know, the joint, you can't even get through the door. You know, you know my sister's twins, so we had double stroller back in the day. Like, you got to take one baby out right. and close it a little bit to get it through. She had one of them and was like, loud, oh, out, loud, man. out. And I'm just like, yo, this shit is, is nuts. So, peep, peep the other day. This was Tuesday night, my last trip. I'm like, I'm going to go get a Dunkachino shit. So, I come into Dunkin' Donuts. You get past all the motherfuckers selling loud and perks. All and the nigger security. All the socks and every fucking thing else they doing. And the one nigga had his laptop and was playing beats. And the, uh, one boy was, yo, I said, he, they, he rapping over the beats. And I was like, this shit is crazy. Yo. Like, it'd be yo, 40 motherfuckers. The fucking lyricist lounge at Dunkin' Donuts. It'd be 40 people in there. Nobody buying coffee and donuts. This shit is crazy. But I come in. I get the Dunkachino. I was like, yeah, let me get a, a small Dunkachino. Pay for it. I step, you know, it's an order line and then a pickup line. Yeah. So I step over to the pickup, John. So I just happen to like turn, look over my shoulder. Young boy comes in the store with a ski mask on, with his hands in his pocket, right? So I see that, and naturally, I'm you. Where do your mind? You know what I'm Arm saying? Arm robbery. In my mind, I'm like, I know Young boy not about to. <laughs> right. Like, ain't Duncan. no way on earth. You know what I'm saying? So I go into, you know, I've been. I don't know if you know, but. I've been doing CrossFit and I've been doing jujitsu and lifting and shit yeah. a lot. So it's like I'm I'm ready to hurt somebody. John Jones move. I'm I'm on my equalizer, John. I look at my watch. I look at his shoes. I look at the donut I can't have. I'm putting it all together. I'm like I'll fuck young boy up. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Here, he steps up to the counter and was like, yo, can I place an order? The chick peeped him already, and she's like standing off behind like yeah. the espresso machine, like not coming to the to the counter. And he I'm standing here, he may be 10 feet away from me. Ski mask going with his hands in his pocket. He like, yo, can I place an order? She not moving. Yeah. So he like, yo, sis, like, what you doing? Like, can I place an order? And she was like, not with that ski mask on. He like, what? Like what? What, what, you, what you talking about? Like, look, come, like I'm trying to order. What, you, what, what type of time is you on? She like, yeah, nah, you can't order with the. You, I can't. You can't have a ski mask on in the store. Right. He was like, <sighs> like in disgust, <laughs> and took the ski mask off and was like, can't order now. Like the fuck. Like the t- he he turned to me, was like, fuck wrong with her, big homie, and I'm like. It's a fucking ski mask. <laughs> like it's a universe. You have a universal sign for you'll get your issue. And I'm holding the Dunkin' I'm like, I was about to throw this shit in your face and stomp you into a fucking butthole. Like it's a ski mask. His response was, "It's a Milano joint." And I'm like, "What the fuck do that?" Like, like, oh, I, it's my designer ski mask. So I ain't about. To, I ain't about to rob nothing. 
And I'm just like, no, nah, dog, you can't. And it, yeah. it's funny because I was telling my man Jared this shit. I'm like, you ever walk into like 7-Eleven or Wawa and you see the sticker on the window and it's a ski mask with a big no <laughs> and you like, who the fuck's stupid enough to come in with a You ski- met the nigga that's <laughs> stupid enough to walk in with the ski mask. Because if you walk, like... I'm, and I, I, it's funny because me and him started having a little conversation. <laughs> yeah. He like, I don't like what the fuck. It's chilly outside. Like, it's, and I'm like, Doug, it's a, it's a garment. It's an item of clothing. You got the right to put it on, but when you walk into an establishment, you, you they might not serve you because ski masks are used for robberies. And he was like, I mean, I hear all that, <laughs> but like, I ain't like that. Ain't this ain't that. And I'm just like. You gotta understand what it looks and, right. and and we started going and I, I just was like, I remember back to my supervisor like reminding me about getting my issue and I'm just like, let me go before young because right. I'm pretty sure he got the clapper on him. Let me just go ahead before he smoked me real quick. <laughs> and it, it's just it's wild watching it all. Somebody got uh, clapped at the uh, the the golf on 71st Ogons. Yeah, uptown people are they buy hoagies and gas at the same location. You know what I'm saying? It's nuts. Nigga gets clapped. Cops every motherfucking where they got the shell. I saw the shell case and number. I saw number eleven. So it was at least eleven shots. So he went. He number. went off. They had it. Wrote, had, most of the gas station was roped off. Caution tape. Cops all over. Motherfuckers taking pictures. News cameras and shit. It was motherfuckers still buying gas at like two of the hours. So let me get four on four. That shit is just normal. Like, yo, relax. You guys no. still open? Yeah. <laughs> yo, y'all still open, right? <laughs> it's just normal. Oh, nigga, ch- nigga, check. Oh. No, he ain't check. Oh, it's cool. I saw so much goofy shit. And, and just like that little situation yeah. was like, I try my hardest to like, I understand that the, the young kids really don't know better because they're influenced by so much goofy shit. Yeah. They're influenced by television, rap video. Like, you watch a rap video where niggas got on ski mask and they doing... You think it's regular. You think it's, like, yeah. normal to just have a this ski is, mask on. This is on. abnormal behavior. And the crazy shit is, it's like, yo, for, for uh, from our standpoint, it's like, yo, if you live, a, live long enough to live enough life, you'll literally see everything come to fruition where it's, like, just dumb shit that should be normalized is completely normalized and that kid just totally don't get why he's out of pocket like he can't process it like what you mean like what's the yo we went into insomnia cookies the other night insomnia cookies you you would think that like all negativity (laughs) you would think just mind you you know where the, the, the one we went to the new John on Broad and uh, Washington. You know they built a whole condo yeah, yeah, right yeah. there. It's like a fucking Starbucks, a Target, a pet store. Uh, a supermarket over there. Super, the Sprouts Farmer's yeah. Market, a, a Sprint store. Like they built like a whole thing. It's insomnia cookies in there, right? So we, we head over there. It's maybe 11, 11.30 yeah. at night. We walk in. I'm walking in the store with, I already said, I got to use the bathroom. Like, I got to piss. And I'm like, I'm walking in the store with that already. Like, we're going in Somnia Cookies to get like a cookie or some, I wanted some ice cream, but it's, yeah. it's like, I'm going to the bathroom when we get into the, to the store. We walk in, it's like three young niggas. One of them, he's like cracking on the chick, like, I guess trying to talk to her, get her number or whatever. Yeah. And she's like not really paying him no mind, like, yo, whatever, like, I'm at work, you know, whatever. And he like, so you, so you ain't, you ain't, you ain't responding to me, really? For real? Like, y'all, y'all, like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna shoot this shit up. And I, and as he, I'm walking in the bathroom, cause I'm, we, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, and as I get in the bathroom and I'm like pissing, I'm like, what the fuck did that nigga say? Like, like, did I hear, like, yeah. so I come out, 
they're leaving. They got their cookies and shit. They leaving. So I'm like, yo, what did he say? She was like, oh, he was salty because I wasn't like getting my number. He said he asked what time does shit close. I'm like three o'clock. He like, oh, you gonna come back at two fifty, rob it and shoot it up. And I'm like. You're not alarmed? <laughs> you know that, that little white thing? The little thing? <laughs> like, I got my hands in there. I'm like, what? And, I, and I'm like, that's a whole felony. Uh, and he just walking down. That's like, a terroristic threat. You can't do shit like that. And like the, the shit the other day, was just like, they don't know no better. Uh, like he don't get like why you shouldn't say that or do, you know? And I, I'm just like, damn, like it's crazy. It's too, and the thing is, it's like, yo, if you in the in the right or wrong environment, depending on how you look at it. You'll get to see all of this shit, like mm-hmm. just just happen and then happen again and happen again, and you just be like, "Am I fucking brain dead, or is everybody around me losing their shit?" And that's yeah. that's really like what it what it comes to. Like people literally are totally detached from like any form of like etiquette or yeah. the fact that oh. just like there's a basic level of human decency that you should have when you go out into the world and interact with other people. It was funny because uh, we have a group chat the other day. Uh, one of our homies was saying it was like. One of his homies felt as though I be too hard on black folks yes. as far as the podcast yes. and just a lot of things. And it was funny because as the text was coming through, you know, I drive to six. I couldn't move the bus because I had to wait for supervision and for ambulance. It was two women fighting on my bus and one of them started bleeding. It yeah. got blood on the seat. So when there's blood, you know, there's a biohazard. And I'm just like, I got two 40-year-old black women fighting at 1 p.m. on the bus. And I'm reading this text message and I'm just like... I don't, I don't know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm in a fork in the room. Like, I don't, I don't know what I like. Because it's like, there's no reason for this yeah. to be happening. And I get it at times it might come off as harsh, but it's like, I'm young. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, how old am I? 34? 34. How old am I? Yeah, I had to think for a second. Like, I'm 34. I'm not 50 or 60 or 70, but just the changes that I've seen from, you. I remember we grew up in Penrose. Penrose was a relatively decent place. Yeah. Pen, Penrose, you can get your issue now at the right time. Right? And it just, how is it that these areas and these pockets where it's predominantly us, how do we not take the pride or the, like Killer Mike say, the initiative to just be better and live up yeah. to certain things? And why won't we police ourselves so that outside forces don't have to? Like It's it just, like it, you it, say it, this and people legit get like almost get mad or offended yeah. and it's like, no, you. here's something you don't understand. I'm black. I'm going to be black for a very long time. Like, pretty much my whole life. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about this shit. <laughs> We're black. We are going to be black. I don't want... Me, personally, I prefer to live in a black neighborhood where everybody's doing decent. Yeah. Doing good. And it's funny, because my homie was saying the other night, he had bought a crib up... Uh, Forgot where his crib is at. But he was just like, when he got it, he was like, yeah, it was cool. But he's just like, the neighborhood doesn't change so much. He like, I got to get the hell out of here. And it's funny, because... I told him when I go to work, I come out because I, I I work a midday now, one to nine thirty. Yeah, I come out at twelve to go to work. I can show you a picture. My parking lot is empty. There's no one there. You know why? Everybody's out being productive. Right. They're at work, doing school, something. But you got these areas. I be saying it to myself. Why? Why? Why is it standing room only on the bus at one twelve? Right. Where, <laughs> like, where are you going? Like like <laughs> like no one has anywhere to be, yeah. and it's just. That's indicative of the the areas and the culture, and it just be like, dog, like you you gotta like be productive. If you're not doing that, like you in the way. Yeah. What a concept! It, it's like it's no it's no uh, different way you could slice it. You know what I mean? Like 
What's the uh, line? a spade a spade? Like you got you know, it just is what it is. Like you're either in the way or you're not. Yeah. Like we talked last week about well two weeks ago about people going on vacation and getting there and they only brought two hundred dollars. You are in the way. Yes. You're taking up a stool. You <laughs> you're you're in the way because all you doing is being a spectator at that at that point. Like because you literally are counting your blessings that you're gonna be able to get back home. You're hoping that somebody don't say, "Yo, let me get a bean real quick." You're gonna have a fucking meltdown. And me, I have enough respect for things going on. It was like. True story, Clint got mad at me because I didn't want to keep doing stand-up comedy. Clint was like, yo, you're really good at this. Like, you know how to be funny. Clint was like, I had to learn how to be funny. You just naturally understand, like, comedic wit and and balance and how to, like, hit harder with the He's like, you got that. And I was like, my heart ain't in it. You understand what I'm saying? So, whereas, like... Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The the general manager from the uh, Laugh Factory wanted me to come back to Chicago. And Clint, knowing him, I wound up be- getting on stage at the Improv in Phoenix and shit like that. I don't want to be in the way of somebody else who's really, really dedicated right. to this shit. Because I know my heart ain't in it. That's me having enough respect for myself and for you and, and for, for the, comedy the fucking game. craft yeah. that I'm not going to be in the way just to be in the way. Yeah. People just don't have... Like, Ra. Ra said, listen, y'all my motherfucking homies. Y'all my two of my best friends. I love the idea of the podcast, but I can't be a hundred with it. So I'd rather support y'all as much as I can, right. but I don't want to be on it. That's having an understanding of... I don't want to yeah. be in the way. Yeah, I don't have the same level of commitment that y'all do, so I'm not going to cheat the process by being a part of something that I really don't want to be a part and of. And I look at a lot of things <laughs> that go on with us, especially our generation, like the young, it's just in the way is just normal. Yeah. It's just like, no, and, and then it's so normalized that it's become accepted yeah, on the flip side. Jay-Z said niggas just bored want to be in shit. That's like that that phrase right there categorizes this generation. Motherfuckers don't really want to participate, but they also don't want to miss anything either. So these are like the motherfuckers that'll come and know that a concert sold out and hang out on South Street in front of the TLA all day. Like, what are you what are you here for? Yeah. I'm just trying to see who down this joint. I'm just what the go home. Yeah. Like or go somewhere where you have something to do. You can't participate in the actual process. The show is sold out. Go home. Yeah. yeah it'd be wild watching it all go down. I'd just be like, I like I'm one man. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't change it. At least I don't think I can. I mean, I, who knows? But it just I don't know. Somebody the other day we were talking about I think it was Jules. Me and Jules was talking about um like the leaders for the black community and how 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 do you get the lead? And I'm just like, honestly, the money has kind of ruined everything, yeah. like with sports, entertainment, all of that. I'm like, you look back to like the black leaders from our parents era. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, these type people, they lived on regular streets yeah. like Martin Luther King lived on a block. Like a regular, you know what I'm saying? Right. This was like one of the biggest figures in the civil rights movement. He lived on the equivalent of 77th and Buick's. Like, right. he, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he lived on a right, like, whereas nowadays, 
if Martin Luther King was out here now, Martin Luther King would have a, a 4,800 square foot condo and be telling niggas they ain't shit and like <laughs> holding up bottles on, on the ground. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just is what it is. So it's like that has taken over. Yeah. And it's like when you look at sports, because we was talking about the other day the uh, Larry Johnson John when he was uh, oh yeah when he he went for uh, he went for a law walk bar yeah 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 and, and like he, after Larry Johnson hit that four point play against the uh, Pacers in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals in '99 Larry Johnson came right on the uh, Jim Gray was inter- was it Jim Gray yeah it was yeah. interviewing him and he was like um, first I'm gonna give all praise due to Allah you know on that and Jim Gray was like that was a prayer so uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jim Gray straight had to clarify for the viewing public like. That was a prayer. So, uh, you know, how do you feel about it? And it's just like, I was saying, damn, you're never going to see that again. And then being, it's just, it's too, like, they got Kaepernick out of there for kneeling. And I'm like, though, you look at back in the day, Kareem, like, Lou Alcindor was the best basketball player on the planet. He became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and it was respected. Cassius Clay was the best young heavyweight on the planet. He became Muhammad Ali, and it was respected. There's a, uh... There's a series, a mini series on Showtime about I saw just that. that. I saw Shut that. up and dribble. Yeah, and it chronicles all of that, and you know the 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 political climate and the uh, the racial tension and all that from that era moving forward. I watched part one. I didn't see two and three yet. Like bringing it more modern day, but they was literally talking about how the four biggest athletes, Bill Russell, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, and uh, Lou Alcindor, all bonded together and had this press conference talking about you know the the racial issues and. You know how they're trying to uh, be miscategorized in the media and this and that, and the fact that they were all the four biggest athletes alive, but they were still trying to be marginalized and they weren't being given MVPs and things of that nature just because they were black. And it's wild, like you look at where sports is now; it's a multi-billion-dollar business. So these players and these guys, they have so much things and in their minds. I'm like, I gotta protect my brand. I gotta protect this. I gotta protect that. And the guys from back in the day, they weren't worried about that. Ali wasn't worried about that. You know what I'm saying? Jim Brown wasn't worried about that. Ali straight changed his name to Muhammad Ali and was like, you will respect this. And then straight said, I ain't going to war. Y'all tripping. You know what I mean? Yeah. As the heavyweight champ. No. Y'all bugging. We we black and we got enough problems here. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need to worry about what's going on over there. Exactly. Like, and he, he didn't have to worry about his deal with Nabisco or his shoe. Like, you know The Rock has a $17 million deal with Ford? Crazy. <laughs> like, the like. never mind the other sh- million things he got going on. Ford pays him $17 million a year to ride around in F-350s and F-250s yeah. and post them on his Instagram. You, you, can't, you can't get it back from these people. Yeah. And then I was telling Jules, once the Instagram social media shit came in, like that's the way to flex now and all, the like. How you gonna get somebody in the NBA to like take a complete stand against something when the when yeah. the Rolls truck just came out, right? Or the it's, Lambo truck it's just very came out? Rare, it's very rare that you find a public figure that's willing to really stand for something and die on that hill because it's too much money at stake. It's it's just wild. Like they get they get mad at LeBron now for cursing. They get mad at LeBron for everything. They, LeBron, get, they, they say he, he, brought, saw, he brought the wine to the fucking arena. I saw the whole article the other day about him cursing too much, and I'm just like, do he curse? And it's crazy because I, I never really paid attention to it, but I, when I thought about it and I, when I read it and then I thought about like things, little things I've heard him say and do, yeah. and I'm just like, yo, LeBron, 35 years old. That's a grown ass <laughs> man with children, and that's like, I think back to my dad when he was 40 with 
three children like yeah. LeBron. My pop was cursing. Like, <laughs> yeah. He got some cursing going There's on. Some cursing going. Black <laughs> man got some cursing for you. It's just the way, and it's like, what? Like we almost expect them to not be regular. Yeah, that's the shit to be tripping me out sometimes. Like, yo, these regular ass people, dog. Like, yeah. But, and a lot of them get sucked into. That's the thing with me with Westbrook. Like, all that shit is cool. I beat y'all the fuck up while I'm out here. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because. We 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 regular. We regular ass folk. Yeah. Like you just can't say and do anything to me. But we've gotten to the point now where it's like the people that we look up to in our community, it's all about money and being popping and being lit. Right. And then I look at a lot of it for the for the for the for the kids, because the kids don't know no better because they don't have the foundation at home. When we were kids, yeah, I looked up to Biggie. I looked up to Jay Z. But at the end of the day, I have a dad and a mom right. and they got sense. And, and and dinner is lit, and we going on vacation this summer. So it's like, yeah, we got our, our people that we like, and you got your posters up in your room and all of that yeah. shit. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know. It, it's wild because I just, a lot of it, like television, like you look at the Uncle Phil's. Like you, like when J. Cole say, uh, first things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil, you know, you're the only father that I ever knew. Like just that, like programming. Like you look at Uncle Phil, Carl Winslow, even back to, like, Sanford and Son and Good Times, like, yeah. the black father, Fred Sanford, you know, James on Good Times, like, all these different things were, like, there. And it's like, now they don't, they got reality TV as Kirk. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's fucking Kirk. That's a black dad on television. <laughs> I saw Rashida when I was in the mall the other day. That's a good-looking woman. Rashida always look amazing. She looked good as a motherfucker. They, they said that uh, she, she, uh, she... It was like you can't. The people that work at Saks was telling. It was like, yeah, you can't sell Rashida anything because she has everything. But she'll come in and like buy all of Kirk's clothes. I'm like, yeah, he looked like a nigga who wife dress him. But just a lot of the people that are like looked up to and like, you know, um, idolized. Now it just for me a lot of times I just be like, why? Like, right? Like for what? And people don't even realize just how detrimental it is to the children and everything else because they the ones who really don't have a balance or an understanding. Yeah. They, the girls really come outside and try to act like Cardi and the city girls and Tommy of Love and Hip Hop, not realizing it's like, y'all going to be in bad shape in 18 yeah. years. Like, <laughs> You're going to be in bad shape in four years. Yeah, really. Like that, like that shit is not normal behavior. That shit catches up to you. Tommy got more mug shots than Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Fucking Tommy just got arrested last week, missed the booking, and Vanity had to send the fucking money back because you was you couldn't leave the state of Georgia. It's like shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, you are at a place where your your fame and your popularity and who you are has allowed you to sell your likeness to the point where you can go places and appear and get money. That's the fucking American oh. dream. Literally, like, all you got to do is show the fuck up, hang around people you don't like for an hour and fucking pick up seven bands. Like, And you're fucking that up because you can't get out your own way. This is not normal behavior, and we shouldn't be viewing it as something to aspire to. This shit is <laughs> weird. Y'all let fucking Cardi B talk all that crazy shit to y'all, and at the end of the day, she going home to her kid and her husband. She don't... Be- Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
leave that shit and she don't live that lifestyle. Yeah. We got to be able to separate life from entertainment and yeah. really, and that's the difference between our generation and the, and the present generation. They take everything at face value yeah. and just say, oh, this is what it is. Like I was saying frustrated two years ago, I'm like, yo, these bitches out here is, is listening to way too much Migos and Fab. Y'all taking these lyrics like serious. Like mm-hmm. y'all believe this shit. These niggas gonna go home to their wives. Yeah. Like, you playing games? Like this is not yeah. this is not real life. Yeah, I, I remember like when state property was the heaviest thing in the in the city, and it's just like I could listen to Beans talk about perks and you know I don't want one. I stay, I stay <laughs> on my lean, riding shotgun in the hoop. I could listen to that shit all day, and then you know tuck my shirt in and go to, <laughs> go to work. <laughs> Real talk. It's just it Ima- was, imagine trying to follow in Beans' footsteps. <laughs> you at the pony trail, beating niggas up, yeah. shooting niggas. <laughs> you riding around with, with 72,000 in your trunk of your car, yeah. hopping out on corners at dice games and such. Like, no, like, no, Beans. That's- I remember one of my homies was, like, so amped up. He was, like, um, he bought some state property jeans, and the, the jeans had, like, a hidden pouch inside the jeans. He, oh, yeah, stash he, box. He was like, yeah, no, nah, it's the stash joint, you know what I'm saying? It's where you, like, keep your work and shit. And I'm just like, do you still work at UPS? <laughs> And he was like, what? I'm like, I'm just saying, like, you you, <laughs> you still work there, right? Like, what are you talking about? But that's really like. like if I had some work, this I'm is where the work would go. If I had some work, this is where it would go. Dumb as shit. Fuck you, me. Yo, you just made me think about it the other day, yo. I got to talk about it real quick. I'm scrolling through television the other day. Yo, have you ever seen Taken 3? Yes. Oh, my God. Yo. As I never, I didn't even know there was a Taken Three. There's a Taken television show. Listen, <laughs> as bad as Taken One is, because in Taken One he's 107, <laughs> in Taken Three he's like older. He's like 180. <laughs> Have you, you? Is Taylor out there? No, he moved. Yo, Taken Three. He got some of the most ridiculous. Like he got pushed off of a cliff. And didn't die. <laughs> like, what is this? They pushed him down an elevator shaft in the car. He got out and walked out into the street before the cops realized what had happened in the elevator shaft. He was already walking down the block. I'm like, no. <laughs> He's 180 years old. Liam Neeson got to be the fucking exec producer. I got to look at the credits. I'm positive he's the executive producer. I couldn't believe the, the shit that was happening in it. Yo, I mean, we were dying. I had the whole room dying. I'm like, this shit can't be fucking real. You know what the worst part is in Taken 3? You you saw it. So he the, yeah. the stepdad set the mom up, killed her, yeah. and tried to make it look like it was him. So Liam Neeson figures it all out, of course, because somehow he's 180 and doesn't have dementia. <laughs> he can still put together clues and all this bullshit. Figures it out. He's about to kill him at the end. Remember he had the gun to the dude face? Yeah. And the, the daughter was like, Dad, no, the cops are coming. And he was like, you're going to jail. But when you get out, I will find you. And I will kill you. I'm like, oh, take it for <laughs> Like, get the fuck out of here. 30 years yeah, later. It's going to be 207. What <laughs> I'm taking for comes out. Dog, the shit you see on television, yo, be like, it'd be insane. Real quick, last one. It's a channel on fucking, you got Comcast, Xfinity? Yeah. It's a channel, I think it's 802 or 801, 80, early 800, 800, 802, some shit like that. Okay. It's an old school channel, but not like, you know how TV One plays like Sanford and Son, Good Times, the Jeffersons, all the fly shit yeah. from back in the day. This channel plays like 
Knight Rider and fucking oh, Bonanza. Like the shit no one ever wants to watch again. So it was like three in the morning. I was sick. So I took Tylenol cold and flu night. Yeah. You ever take it? Yes. It's like lean. Yeah. Like, you die. Like, you just die. It's literally, it's like, what's you the, wake up and shit coming out your what, eyes. What, what's the super good lean uh, activist? <laughs> it's like that shit. So I take that shit and instantly I got the giggles. Like I'm just cracking the fuck right. up because it just make you so relaxed. Fucking Lassie was on 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 this. It's either eight hundred two or eight hundred. <laughs> Yo, the people from the seventies are dumb as fucking shit. Have you ever watched the episode of Lassie? I've probably like two in my whole life. Dog, this fucking dog. As, as bad as as much shit as I give Taken and Liam Neeson. At least Liam Neeson's a human. Like he's a hundred, <laughs> but at least he, at least he's, he's a, a human, human being. Taylor, I swear to God, yo, I'm watching Lassie. I took this fucking medicine. It's three in the morning. I'm sitting there watching this shit. Timmy was the boy. Timmy was yeah. at fucking school. The grandfather had a heart attack. <laughs> fucking Lassie drove him to the hospital. <laughs> I was like, yo. I said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Fucking service dog. <laughs> fucking Lassie was driving the car. <laughs> How did Lassie hit the pedals? I'm like, never mind the fact that it's a dog driving the deuce in the corner. How the fuck did he get the old man in the car? <laughs> old man passed out. Lassie had even the whip and was driving to the spittle. I said, yo, I don't know if it's that I'm high off this medicine or what, but I'm fucking Holy dying. Shit. Yo, I was on the floor watching that shit the other day. Like, what the fuck? They, like, they'll put anything on television, dog, and tell you that it's classic. Yeah. Lassie, he had his little paws over the stairwell. <laughs> I was driving a fucking car. Well, they going four miles an hour. Like, you can't press the gas. Yo, could you imagine seeing just seeing a dog, like, pulling somebody to the car <laughs> to take them somewhere? Funniest shit ever, man. Fucking last. Eight oh two is me TV. That's what, what it me TV. Whatever that is, it's me TV. They and they look at the the, the track listing, I guess, for whatever the fucking uh, night court. Just all the old. Yo, I used to fuck with night court. That was my shit. <laughs> just all the shows, <laughs> Dallas. Just all the shit you honestly had all forgot the G about. levels, Gilligan, Gilligan's Island. All that shit you had forgot about comes on this fucking station. Because when I saw Lassie, I started flipping through like the next couple days, and I'm like, Bonanza, God damn, like just shit you just really. Yeah. Pe- most people our age just had never like I mean, you had to have an old parent or grandparents to even know what a half of these right. shows are. But they play. Oh, I was watching that Lassie shit, dying, <laughs> yo, dying. Meet Me TV is pushing out. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, all kinds of old shit you just forgot about. Fucking Alf. I used to have a fucking Alf stuffed animal at my grandmother's house for years. I think years. everybody our age had a fucking stuffed a fucking Alf. Alf was man. I had a Teddy Ruxpin. Why did my sisters did? I used to take my NWA tapes and put him in his back. <laughs> He was fucking sing the, the straight out of Compton shit. <laughs> 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 fucking nuts, yo. Oh, man. But yeah, uh, I would say turn the TV off and go outside, but it's dangerous out there. <laughs> it's super dangerous outside. It's going to be 75 tomorrow, I think. 74, 75. Yeah, all my, uh, all my homegirls been trying to line up they, they thought activities for tomorrow. I, saw, I started seeing, uh, oh, it's feeling, like it, it's feeling like I'm single weather coming. I'm like, y'all been single since 05. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, 
Just go out. It's, it's supposed to be rainy, though, tomorrow. Like, it's going to be 75, but it's going to be rainy. Oh, okay. So that, that, should, that might deter some that, of the hoes. I was going to say that might... Uh, <laughs> that might sideline a couple of the hoes. Might, might calm y'all down just for a little second, but... Uh, I mean, I get it. The weather been fucked up. I get it. Everybody want to get outside or whatever like that, but it's like, y'all literally lose y'all shit every time. And I'm just like, yo, you do know when there's the first nice day, there's more coming. And y'all just like can't compartment. They're like, I gotta be outside today. I do not. Today. I, I do not understand. And this is my my last one. I swear to God, I'm not picking on people or nothing like that. I don't understand the attitude of it's nice, so let's get into some violence. Right. That's the one that I have trouble understanding. Like, why is it that it's because it's nice today? Let me go find a nigga who just shoes to step on so I can shoot him. Yeah, like I like that, and it's 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 wild as we all know this. Yeah, everybody knows this subconsciously. Like, oh, it's nice. It's going to be some shit today. Why? We've been programming that. Why shit does for it have to be years. some shit? Yeah. Why can't y'all just go have fun and do whatever? You know what I mean? Or n- not shoot everybody? Like, like here's 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 one. It's nice outside. Let's not shoot everybody up. Something like that. That'd be so dope. We could live with that. We'd go out with that. Uh, we weren't here last week. We were not. Uh, you were in the ATL. I was in ATL with a, a 299 people from Philly. I had no idea it was going to be that big of a deal. But once I went to start booking my fucking flight, I realized, like, this is about to be, like, some shit. Like, this is something that a gang of people are planning to attend. And it ended up being Meek Weekend out there. I started seeing brunch flyers popping up with Meek on there. I'm like... Nobody commissioned this. Okay, do you want to talk about your... Uh... Yeah, listen, it was actually, it was a good-ass time. It was the opposite of uh, some of the other weekends that happened in Philly that I shall remain nameless uh, because it wasn't a promoted weekend, so just kind of like, you know, all the right people went. So it was like the, the people that were in the know were all like the hip motherfuckers, the people that didn't have problems spending money, the good-looking people, the people that was, you know, coming out not on no bullshit. It wasn't no violence, no almost fights, no twerking on top of french toast like it wasn't yeah. none of that shit it was just like a dope ass time everybody moving around like in unison philly was holding it down every spot we had five to ten tables everywhere different crews of people and shit like that and it was just like a really like cool good time and everybody you know had had fun everybody i talked to said that was like one of their best trips they've been on in a long time and i was surprised i didn't expect that going into it but you know atlanta's always fun but this particular time was like really really cool as shit because it was like a real camaraderie between the Atlanta people and the Philly people. And then Meek had a show uh, Sunday. He brought out Sway Lee, 2 Chains, uh, Future. Uh, he had Dirk on the tour with him and Cash Dial. Um, Dirk in a nightclub is like Jay-Z level. Dirk on a concert stage is the worst piece of shit. Peter Guns. <laughs> like, the, yeah. It's like Peter Guns and Lord Tariq. Yeah. Like, it is, it is night and day, and it's like, yo, I'm like, this is not the same artist that put 1,600 people in Vanity Grand. Like, what is going on here? He was just so disconnected, and he's performing, and it's just like he got dirty. His dirty young boys on the stage with him. Then he going to the DJ, having sidebars. Like, oh, no, cut that. They cut, like, five records. Like, oh, no, we're going to get into something else. I'm just like, this is the last day of the tour. You don't know your set list by now? This is day. This is show twenty. It was just strange. Cash Doll put on a pretty decent show, but she's like, uh, I don't think she considered her audience. Meaning, like, the people are here to see Meek. Mm-hmm. We not here to see you bringing like your gay homies. No offense to the gays out there, but bring your gay homies on stage to twerk. Mm-hmm. This is not the right <laughs> arena for that. Like, <laughs> this is like the motivation tour is not where we want to see like the gay boy from Wild and Out twerking on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, this is. 
that this is that's for the cash dial tour, not for like the Meek Millie motivation yeah. tour. But overall, it was a good show. Future was, uh, you know, Future and Meek was obviously the highlights. Future did like three songs, and um, Two Chains did like two songs or whatever like that. But Meek really like, you know, he held it down. Atlanta's like. Probably his second biggest market, though. I'm just getting into the uh, two chains, the rapper go to the league album. It's really, it's not, it's not what it's not I a two chains album. Yeah, it really is. It's a mature and, rap album. And uh, I like, it took me a while to even let the uh, the A Marie sample because I was like, they shouldn't have touched this. But I, I'm, 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 it's, with it. yeah, it's good. Like I, I'm liking it. It's um, it's definitely not what I expected. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be some uh. Some foolishness because right. I put it on going into the gym and I just it almost kind of reminds me of like when uh like when Young Thug was heating up and he had all them records that nobody could understand the fuck he was talking about. Then he put out the Barter Six, which is a masterpiece, and it was like the most clear and like his enunciation and how he was rhyming and all that shit was just so straightforward. And you like, damn, he tricked us. You, like, just, you just made me think about it. I, I found a playlist on Apple. It's Atlanta, Atlanta hip hop essentials. I didn't realize just how much music has come out of Atlanta. It's it's endless. It's it, you, <laughs> you know a normal playlist on Apple would be forty songs, maybe sixty songs yeah. and shit. This playlist has eight hundred and thirty six. <laughs> and you need all of them, and, and you don't realize until <laughs> you plan it. Like, dog, I'm talking about from bombs over Baghdad yeah. to fucking brother man that shit to. I'm different, two chains to, you know, I love it from Jeezy to it fucking check was on there from Young Thug. And I'm like, oh, I forgot all of right. that. It's just so much music that has come out of Atlanta. And somebody asked me the other day, do I still consider New York the mecca of hip hop? And I'm like, here's the thing. The West Coast, when they mattered and had it for hip hop, they put forth some of the biggest artists Ever. Yeah. Tupac, Snoop, Dre, Cube, the fucking Dog Pound. NWA, Dog Pound, The Game, Kendrick Lamar. It's just been endless, like titans yeah. of, of hip hop. Atlanta, in the modern day era, Atlanta is like the biggest names. Oh, like, yeah. And that's what we were talking about the other day. Like, my man Jared was like, damn, like, you know, the, the Meek show here, like, you know, you figure Atlanta, he brought out Future. And I'm like, well, and 2 chains, And I'm just like, well, like, in Atlanta, you bring out the hometown. Like, you come here, there ain't many, like, it, right. you figure it's Beans or Gilly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's what it is. Whereas, like, if you go do a show in Chicago, it's endless amounts of yeah. motherfuckers. You, you bring it's out Keith, Twista and yeah, tear that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's like, Kanye, it's Twista, it's Keith, Dirk. It's just endless. Reese. It don't matter which lane yeah. you, you dig Kells up out <laughs> the grave real Come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's endless amounts of people you can go into in these other cities. Yeah. And I'm like, Atlanta, when you sit and look at, like, that playlist, I'll send it to you. It's just nuts. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about Gorilla Zoe. Just, like, shit you just forgot about right. was just like, damn, like, Atlanta really got Endless amount, yeah. ludicrous, motherfucking Ti, uh, CeeLo, all his the the Goody Mob. I'm all sure the young boy Day Day probably got two sl sneaky records it, on it, there. It, <laughs> it, it, if you buck, crime mob, like it's just endless amounts. Trillville, Lil John, Scrappy, it's endless amounts of dudes yeah. from Atlanta. And when they had it, like when Lil John had it, he was the biggest producer in the motherfucking game. Yep. When T.I. had it, he was king. Yeah, I said I was a king and I came right back. Nobody checking me. It, it just is what it is. Jeezy, 
like I just said, it's just endless amounts of dudes. But I'm like, New York just put forth the Mount Rushmores right. of rap. Even from the pr- the prior generation, like when you look at the Rakim, the Slick Rick, the Run DMCs, Big Daddy Kane, Big Daddy Kane them dudes, and even the the dudes who don't get the the prodigy, AZ, uh, G Rap, all like them. Like I'm just like. I get what Atlanta's done and what Atlanta has become, but I'm just like I New York and it, Biggie, Jay Z, and Nas. Yeah. They argue all day. Like yeah. it's just you, you're not you're not moving that. So I don't. Know, that was some a conversation we was having yeah. the other day. I don't. Know, where are you at with it? Um, I mean, New, New York. We can never discredit New York because at the end of the day, New York taught us how to do this shit, and the greats from New York are so much. Far greater than a lot of other markets around the country. Now, when you look at a Jeezy, a Future, a T.I., a Luda, Outkast, a case can be made for them, Scarface, who's not from Atlanta but from the South, a case can be made for them against anybody. But then when you run down the pantheon of like elite New York MCs and all the classic bodies of work and all of the shit that spawns from that and how a... uh, you know, even like a Mike Geronimo, who's not an all-time great, but he spawns fucking uh, Ja Rule and Cash Money Click and like shit like that. It's like it's so many like branches on the tree that you yeah. just can't get away from New York. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, like, it, you you ain't even going to give like the Murder Inks, the G Units, the shit like it just yeah. the Dipsets. Even it's like just too much. Even the GS Nines, like yeah. like like Bob, yeah. that shit was a moment. Like yeah. that shit was like. What is this? Like I saw John they commandeered like the, the internet. The hot nigga video released today, five years ago. I'm like, it's been five right, years. Excuse me? <laughs> like, <laughs> damn. Like, yeah, it's been five years. Yeah, so it's like, you know, say what you will about New York, but, you know, even in a down period, they always have some shit that just captivates the world. Takashi just did it. Like, so it's like, say what you will about New York, but they always, there's always one lightning rod that breaks through from, you know, all of that shit. And let's not forget Nicki Minaj was the biggest female artist for the last 15 years, and then now Cardi B. Like, that's, New York is ever present in the hip-hop game. Like, Cardi B got two of the biggest records in the universe right now. Money was number one on radio all formats. And then the record with Bruno Mars is number one on the other fucking yeah. radio format on, like, the eight or adult AC and all of that shit. And yeah, New York is a bad boy. You know what I'm saying? Mace. Fucking the locks. Yeah. It's, it's just too much. DMX. Like, it's, it's just really too much yeah. that has come from New York. So I respect Atlanta. Houston, Miami, even Detroit, like all these different places, yeah. but just yeah, New York. Speaking right. of Detroit, Detroit on the on the come up now got the hottest young rappers. I've seen somebody else out. say this, like Detroit. Peasy uh, payroll payroll's a, a OG from from there, but payroll from Doughboy Cash Out. He just put out a great project January thirtieth. But Peasy just put out No Hooks too. Yo Gotti and Lil Baby just signed this kid Forty Two Doug from Detroit. He fire, like fire, like 21 years old, fire. They just signed him and put a project out on him called Young and Turnt. Check that out. It's like my favorite shit out right now. This kid named Babyface Ray, Sada Baby, uh, T Grizzly, obviously. It's, it's, like a, it's like a whole movement of like new, fly, young Detroit motherfuckers. Like, and they talk that, like, you like street oriented hip hop? Mm-hmm. They got the crown, hands do you, down. Do you still watch Battle Rap? Yes. 
Are you like into it super heavy? I catch it. It's, it's so much of it. Like Smack just kind of like cornered the market on the shit to where it's like King of the Dot doesn't think about this. King of the Dot has some of the biggest battles ever. They don't even like you don't even see their battles yeah. no more. Like when I go on my YouTube, nothing from them comes across. It my, was another one. My that feed. was URL was that was yeah that's Smack that's Smack yeah that's pre pre Smack yeah post Smack post Smack yeah post Smack. But it's like they they've cornered the market with the it battle. It was another rail. big one though. It was it was URL KOTD and. Uh, Grind time, grind time. No, the shit that um, that like DNA and all of them used to be on. Grind time. Nah, it wasn't grind. I swear it was something else. Um, cause like where chess and all of them came from. Oh, uh, we go hard. We go hard. There you. I, yeah, I'm we like, go I know hard. it's something yeah, else. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. We go hard is basically like a feeder league for URL now. Yeah. Like they've literally cornered the market on the battle rap shit. They're doing international like, like battle chess, rap shows T-top, now. Top, Briz, all of them like came. They, like, yeah, they, dude, we you know, go they was going at it with each other. Yeah. And shit. yeah. So, so basically, like what it is is now it's like all right. There's I pay attention to like the big battles right. or if something somebody has like a viral moment that comes across Twitter or whatever like that I'll go back and watch the battle based on that viral moment but it's just so many battles out it's hard to sift through the my, shit My thing with battle rap is I like there isn't a uh like a format for who like you know even in in NCAA this team could be undefeated. This team could be 22 and 1. Right. But they're ranked higher than them. And it's like when it comes to like time for the, the college football championship, they have a playoff now and yeah. they, they do the whole thing and they pick the foot. So it's like you kind of have an understanding of it. Even if you're not super into college sports, yeah. you get an understanding of power rankings and shit like that. With. The the battle rap John, you don't even know who won. Yeah, it just happens. It's just opinion. Yeah, it just happens. It's all opinionated because. There's in the room and then there's on camera. And sometimes what you see in the room is not what comes across on like, camera. I can't be with you. When you was like Geech Gotti 3 0 Suge, I didn't think so. I didn't think it was but a 3 0. And then watching it, Suge is fighting back. But, I, honestly, I thought Suge won the first round. And it was just like, I like. But in the arena, you hear them 3 0, 3 0 at the top. Of the third, Gotti's the third. Th- like three lines in, yeah. and they like three yo, three yo. Yeah, and I, I'm like, this is, I'm like, I'm watching it like this is a fight. Like yeah, I, I watch it, and I like, I like Suge, so I like that. That with he did that mumbling, that rumbling, and he bouncing around like this shit is fucking hilarious to me. So I watch it, and I just like Geese Gotti first verse was nuts, and I'm just like, oh yeah, this might be bad. But then Suge went, and I'm just like. I don't know, Shug first. Shug right. first. Shug, but I got this shit. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'm looking through the comments, and I see people like Gotti 3-0, Gotti 2-1, Shug 2-1. And I'm just like, this is my problem with battle rap because here we are again for the 85,000th battle. <laughs> no one declares a winner. <laughs> it's like, like it, it's just wild. Yeah. It's like, and that that'd be my biggest thing because they. I saw the thing where um, <clears throat> Cassidy's battling again. He's, he's battling like, goods. He's battling... Here go, I used to think Goods was like a play around, like not a big dog of battle rap. I never took him serious. He's an icon. Didn't come to find out. <laughs> he's, and this is why I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for. It's like a... Yeah, the criteria I is feel so like relaxed. A, like a gymnastics judge. It's like I watch a gymnastics routine. I'll be like, she was horrible. And next thing you know, she getting a gold medal. 9.8. I'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for. So it's like, that'd be my biggest thing with battle rap. It's yeah. like, I don't know who... Is the winner, and it's like I look at like when Big Star did Philly versus Harrisburg. Granted, it was you know 
Pitbull versus you knew what was happening. Right. Go, yeah. But it's like there was Reed blatantly destroyed. Yeah. Like it, it's you knew this and you knew what it was. Cassidy versus Freeway, you know who won that. Right. T Top versus the White Ball Snow, you know who won that. <laughs> I told you one of the worst Jones I ever seen was Tay Rock over DNA and uh, Av over Chess. They were just it was just motherfuckers throwing rolls. up and shit. <laughs> when you said it on Twitter, I thought about it afterwards. The worst body ever in battle rap was probably Charlie Clips over T Rex. That Jones, it was, it was, it, 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 was, it, it was literally got menacing. Cassidy and then was just like, all right, this shit got it. And like it just was bad, you know. Yeah. And it's like shit like that. All right, cool. But the Jones that's debatable. It's like Smack don't he he. He just do this shit and it's over. And you just like, wait, who won this we, we shit? We still have no resolution to this. Like even Freestyle Friday, they declared a motherfucking yeah. champion. You know what I mean? So that'd be my joint with with battle rap. I'm not super into the culture anymore. Me and yeah. Rob was talking about it the other day. Like as you get older, you just you know, like that's why with the Two Chains album, it take me a while to get to albums yeah. now, just because it's not my everyday life. Where at one point the new DVD came out, nigga, we was linking up right. hype shit to watch yeah. that, and it's. Like now we don't. It take me months. Like I didn't even know so and so battle so and so. I'd be like, I'll hear it on Twitter and be like, oh shit, let me go right. check that John out. Yeah, but, I'm literally down to like two or three people who shit like I still like pretty much follow. Um, I mean, it's like you know, Tay Rock is talented. But it's like if you seen one Tay Rock battle, you seen them all. My, honestly, I tell you, my <laughs> favorite in battle rap is um, Rum Nitty, and people hate him. And I'd be like, I, I like Nitty. I like Nitty, Nitty and nice. Ev, and it's just. You know, at, at, again, it's all opinion. You know, yeah. What I'm mean? like, uh, like I really still fuck with. You know, I'm Averb is is one of the goats to me. I still watch his shit. He's been coming back and been good lately. Um, he had a good battle with Mook. Um, he gonna battle Luck soon, so I'm gonna be tuned into that. Hollow and that then and then and then uh, Geechee Gotti. Like those are the like the main ones. Hollow, what Hollow? Hollow the Don. He just fucking lost to Mav Hoffa. He just got smoked by Mav Hoffa. Hollow the Don, the light skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I liked Hollow. Uh, he. Yeah, he 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 decent. He um he be having like bullshit going on outside of the the um king of bullshit. King of yeah, he the king of, <laughs> of absolute bullshit. But um yeah, he I thought you were talking about Hollow, the one from Nick Cannon show. Um Oh no, 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 no. Cuz I even him, like people think he's a stone cold Mount Rushmore of battle oh, yeah, rap. Hollow, yeah, and uh, Hitman, Hitman, Hitman Hollow. Hollow. Yeah. And I and I just be like I don't like the shit where he always throw his brother up to do the bar and shit. They like love that. that shit. Yeah, they love. They go crazy <laughs> for it. I'd be like, you can see it coming. Like I don't understand. <laughs> like you know, like it's just, it's just wild. Like when you did when you watched uh, Hollow the Don versus uh, Charlie Clips. Like that first verse, Hollow, where he just was like. Talking about how you tell the people when to get off. It's like an exit on the highway. They see the shit coming a mile away. And he started basically rapping like clips. Yeah. And the crowd finished the line. Like, you see how easy it is for them? They're like, that shit was brilliant. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he can rap, but he just, he'll leave the stage and then we're the bullshit. At? Like, it just <laughs> immediately back in the dumb shit. So it's like, you know, making a career out of these yeah. things. It's like, you know, like, uh, Brosco was talking about that shit on, on uh, Twitter. Like, where do you go from these joints? Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it just... Dudes be super-duper talented, and it'd be like, all right, like, now what? Because the dude who has no talent just put a song out that went top 40. Right. He bought his mama house. 
You know what I mean? Or this young bitch a little scumbag Benz. Yeah. <laughs> like, Red so, face rolling yeah. for everybody. <laughs> Who, who's really winning? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like one song can change your fucking life. Your whole situation. Your whole change your life and in the life of everyone around you. Imagine if you string together ten of them motherfuckers. Right. Which, which, which you can do. Like, it's so many ways to make money. Daz Dillinger from the Dog Pan was breaking it down. This is probably like two years ago. And he was just talking about all the different ways to make money in the music game. It's insane. Like, you can monetize one song nine different ways. Mm-hmm. You can do fucking uh, digital distribution. So that's like iTunes, uh, iTunes, Amazon Music, uh, shit like that, where you can buy music. Then there's streaming. So that's a whole nother right. revenue stream. Then there's quarterly fucking publishing, which is your mechanical royalty from your song being played on the radio, played, put on these playlists, fucking uh, uh, your video getting spun, shit like that. Then you got sound exchange, which is like registering your shit for movies. Right. Then you have like TuneCore. And sh- it's just like, it's insanity, like how much fucking money you can make. Talking about making money with the music industry, let's let, let's talk about the, the king of it, man. Um, Jay Z, Jay Jay, y'all know I'm not the biggest Hove fan. We talk about this a yeah. lot, but Jay as the person is becoming like I really really he's like undeniable. Like, as it, a it person. Just, it's, and I think that's just me getting older and letting my biases go because I was such a Nas fan. Yeah. And then once the whole battle happened, I was like, mm-hmm, told y'all, <laughs> I've been telling y'all for years. Like and y'all ain't want to listen. And, and but it's just as time go on, it's like I see Nas getting his just due and getting the money. And it was yeah. funny because I was looking at like rap Grammy awards throughout the years. Nas has had so many rap Grammy nominations and just never won. It's just fucking insane. But seeing Nas get the money and he's making all his money off all these different investments and staying low key, that's who Nas was. And I think that's decent that Jay and Nas, they didn't have to sacrifice who they are and they both made it to a super successful place. Absolutely. Nas does not want to be seen unless he decides I want. Like he he's really like you see our motherfuckers go somewhere and they be like, "Yeah, I'm not coming out till whatever, so don't." But they be both cuz they be out Tuesday <laughs> doing the absolute most, you know what I'm saying? Nas really like, "I'm not coming out until October." He not coming out till October. Right. You ain't going to see him nowhere. That's him. And Nas has figured out a way to make a lot of fucking money and not be seen. Whereas Jay is in your face. I'm getting more money than you. My bitch is better than yours. My house bigger than yours. My car faster. I do whatever the fuck I want. I'm allowed to grow my hair and be 80. I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. And I'm getting more money than And And it's like... That was Jay yeah. in 96, 97, right. Jay. That's been him. And he kept that same mantra and attitude to where even now, Jay still hop on the track like, look at y'all niggas reporting to the mother. Like, that's right. still him. <laughs> and he figured out a way to make a boatload of fucking money and still be who he is. Yeah. So it's like he pulled off another one. This another week. one. And the thing is with Jay, right, the overarching thing that I realized about him is he got as much money as they say he got because he just doing shit for fun now just to, like, help shits people. Shits and giggles. Yeah. yeah, for shits and, like, just to, like, I'm going to just shake the music industry up again, like, for the fourth time this year. So this week, for those of you that don't know, Lil Uzi's been, like, in a contract dispute with DJ Drama and uh, Don Cannon. Um, they have a company called 
uh, generation now yeah. that's distributed through Atlantic Records. So Uzi is like a production deal or whatever like that. So anybody, any artist out there, if you're in a production deal, you're automatically in a bad deal. Offer it because the money goes to the production company, then they got to cut you a check. So anytime that your money is not coming directly from the distributor or from the parent label, you're fucked mm-hmm. because you got to wait on somebody else's ability to cut you a check. And we've seen this shit time and time again with Cash Money, and they're actually a distributor, and they still didn't pay nobody. So if you in a wrong situation from which your money flows, you can end up jammed up. So basically, Uzi, uh, what Drama and Canon did is not a bad thing. It's 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 standard. I'm gonna indus- say standard. It's music standard practice, music right? industry practice. Mm. Fucking Elliot Grange does this shit. His his, his father Lucian Grange does this shit. Fucking uh, Leor Cohen, Tom, they all do the same shit. Geffen, all them motherfuckers. They offer you something in hopes that you don't know your true value or your potential, and they pitch it like they're overpaying you for now, when in reality, they feel like your value is a hundred times more than that, and that's why they're offering you what they're offering you. Mm -hmm. So Uzi basically got like a standard, regular, new artist deal. But when you look back and you realize I've sold... 8 million albums and I have a song that has 12 million fucking downloads and then I have another song that I'm featured on that has 12 million downloads bad and bougie and I have two of the biggest songs of my generation but I only made XYZ and people are doing think pieces about how much money I made off of EXO Tour Life I'm in a bad fucking deal I mean this is the thing though it's like this is where you like it's it's wild because me and Taylor were talking about this when you got here. The the hate that people have for like a LeBron, when LeBron and Kevin Durant have shown us the way. Scottie Pippen was in a seven year nine million dollar deal. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Even Shaquille O'Neal at the time, Kevin Garnett, they were taking seven year hundred and twenty million dollar deal. Yeah. Sounds great. When you think about what Shaq was actually worth. To the Los Angeles Lakers for that early championship that. run. Yeah. Like the fact that Jordan, I remember that when he became a billionaire and what was it, 2005 or six, yeah. I think it was, when he actually became a billionaire. And I was just like, Jordan, Jordan just became a right. like, like just now, like, like the Jordan, <laughs> right. like, like Jordan, Jordan, yeah. like, and you think about like, Damn, like I, it was a Sports Illustrated. I wish I still had it, man. My mom had it back in the day. God knows where this magazine was. When Jordan retired for the second time, they did a special Sports Illustrated where it showed basically everything he had done in his career. And it, one of the, the the pieces in the magazine were about how much money he generated for Nike, Gatorade, the the the. The Come Fly With Me, the yeah. Space Jam franchise, the this ever McDonald's, all the different things. And it basically broke it all down. And it said Jordan being who Jordan was with yeah. the sneakers and everything around it probably made Nike upwards of about $30 billion. That's insanity. And I was and this was like in 98, 99. Right. And I was just thinking to myself, like, damn, Jordan just became a billionaire? That's fucking insane. Yeah. But when you think about Nike being, I think Nike now has like an $87 billion valuation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, where the fuck would that be at without Jordan? Never mind Andre Agassi and Charles Barkley and Pippen and and everybody else. You know, LeBron, all these other dudes who have been on Nike and, you know, made Nike. When you think about Nike in 1983 and then Nike in 1998, 
and knowing that Mike was the catalyst yeah. for that shit, it's just like he saved the company. Y'all, y'all owe Mike twenty five million. <laughs> <laughs> y'all kind of owe Mike a lot of billions, and it's just wild because. Jordan broke off, started Jordan Brand, yeah. and they said Jordan Brand now makes about two hundred million dollars a year, and I'm like, still ain't enough yeah. for what Mike became to the sneaker and and clothing apparel. He world. changed the sneaker industry. He ch- single handedly, like he he it. took fines for wearing shoes that weren't considered regulation. Yeah, like he he literally put himself on yeah. the line. Now I'm sure Nike paid the fucking fine. Yeah, Nike, they said Nike was, paying. but at the same time, it's like yo, he laid it on the line at the time like he went against establishment so it's like he is the he's he's the glitch in the matrix that changes the sneaker game and makes it from sport to fashion and i and my thing is like you know magic's first deal with the lakers it was like 10 years 10 million 20 years 20 20 years 20 million and it's just to magic in 1979 coming out of fucking michigan state from illinois was he from illinois Illinois, right? Eastern Illinois, I think. Yeah. That's where he's from. Somewhere. I think it was Illinois. But, like, coming from Michigan State University in 79, and you hear 20 million guarantee, you're like, hell yeah. yeah. Run it. Run it. But then five years in, when y'all showtime, and now the Lakers franchise is worth $1.5 billion. It's in the like, 80s. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa. Uh, you know that mill this year not going to really cut it. Like, this ain't it. And that's where I'm like, I, LeBron and KD have shown us the way. Give me a two-year deal, 35-year each year, and I got a one-and-one. One. If she yeah. don't go right this year, I'm, <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. No bugging. Because I can't lock in the eight years with this. Yeah. Realistically, Mark Cuban bought the Mavericks franchise for $180 million. The Mavericks franchise now is worth $2 billion. The money that's getting made from these, Jerry Jones, the Cowboys are worth $4 billion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fucking, uh, what's his name, bought the Clippers for $2 billion. Bomber. The Clippers. Yeah, Bomber. Steve yeah. Bomber. The no championship, no playoff Clippers. Yeah, they say he's worth $44 billion. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these franchises are worth and make a lot of yeah. fucking money. You look at somebody like LeBron, like a Zion Williamson, like those once-in-a-generational athletes. Yeah. Now, with LeBron, we didn't really understand it with Magic Johnson. I mean, one, we just, we were babies. We didn't really understand it even with Jordan because we didn't get the second level analysis and we didn't get the 24 hour news cycle and we didn't have social media. We weren't able to dive deep in to what Michael Jordan meant to the commerce of the city of Chicago. Granted, Chicago with Oprah and everything else was huge in itself. But you look at what LeBron meant to the fucking the the infrastructure of Cleveland. It's like. When he left, he almost bankrupted the city. Yeah, fuck the team, the city. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying. Yeah. So when LeBron turned around and said, like, people like get mad, like, oh man, he 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 want to be the general manager, bruh. <laughs> Let him run the fuck. Like what he means to the team and to the city. Yeah, that's him understanding his worth. Yeah, I am who I am, so I get to run shit where I'm at. Y'all bugging if you think anything else. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? LeBron straight came out of his mouth. Yeah, it ain't like a, a a aspiration. It's like owning a team is like what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I'm going to do this shit. 
It should be nothing below. I should I should I should easily own a team. Yeah. All the money I've generated, all the fucking you you tripping. I should easily own a basketball team. Yeah. And it's like I like the fact that LeBron comes out and says that. I like the fact that Jay Z comes out and says these things. Like Jay Z said it in '01, and he wasn't lying. I'm overcharging niggas for what they did to the Cold Crush. <laughs> Y'all can bullshit with this if you Listen, want. I got a Jay Z story. So like back in I want to say like '98, '99. So this is around Volume Two time. Uh, this is when, you know, the Neptunes is just really starting to get big or whatever like that. So Jay is going down to Virginia to work with Pharrell. So some local street niggas or whatever from down there is trying to book Jay. They like, yo, Pharrell, tell Jay. Like, they friends of Pharrell. They like, yo, tell Jay we got 190000 Like, we trying to book the nigga to do X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever. So Pharrell is, like, having all this anxiety about even saying something. He's like, man, this nigga going to be on some bullshit. Like, fuck. Like, meanwhile, he's coming there to work with him for a week. So he's like, you local. You know you're going to be here. Just come get the money. He called Jay. Jay said, "Yeah, for, uh, yeah, P. You know I love you, to death, man. But I don't get out of my bed for less than uh, two hundred fifty thousand. So you know, tell your people they got to get some more money and call me back." This was in ninety eight, ninety nine. Mm. This nigga's getting two fifty to show up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Turned down one ninety. So imagine how rich he was then, and then how rich he is now. I mean, it's it's not wild. <laughs> like the Ford give Rock seventeen M's. <laughs> it's not shocking. You know what I mean? Like. You look at Jay-Z is probably Mount Rushmore of like black folk allure life over the last 25 years. Like Jay is essentially what the Rat Pack niggas was to like the 70s, Absolutely. the 60s. Like he's Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. He's that type of like where like is Frank Sinatra in the mob? He hangs out with the mob. I mean, he could be. And then you hear the stories of, like, Jay and Meech with the the Maybachs. And and it's just like, you know Jay not into this, but he into this. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just because of who he is. Yeah. And he's that for this generation. Like, it's him. I want to say Jay Prince. Not to these younger folks. But he was that for the previous generation where it's just like... This boy's rich as fuck, and he don't really do anything. <laughs> how, how does this? <laughs> how do these two things happen? Yeah. Where you do nothing, but you rich as fuck. And Jay, the thing with Jay is Jay made a lot of money from music, and he made a lot of money in music and around it. But to see, like Jay and Beyonce have like a hundred eighty million dollar house. Yes, you one know house, they, one house. They have a hundred eighty. <laughs> it's in a in Beverly Hills. Not Beverly Hills. It's not Angora. Homely Hills. Homely Hills. Yeah, it's Beverly, Angora, and then Homely. Their drone is in Homely Hills. It's just like, they got a $180 million estate. Motherfuckers from rap don't have that. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, Jay has every amount of money that they say he has, and probably more than that. You know, the at the rate at which... If Young Money would have been able to sustain it, Lil Wayne and Drake. Well, Drake still makes Drake is like Drake's this year is gonna be after songs. after the tour yeah, and the double songs. album, yeah, he's gonna be up with a bean. It's like they're making a he's making a lot of money. But yeah. Wheezy was supposed to like make that and then some. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bad deal. Bad ter- terrible bad, deal. Terrible like imagine, deal. imagine you bring through like all right. So first of all, you are the biggest rapper of your generation. Right. Then somehow by you happenstance, bring the you bring through ever. the biggest woman ever. And then you bring through the biggest male artist that's bigger than you ever, right behind you at the same time. Right. And you don't get shit for it. Right. 
You get nothing. You get legal trouble. You get fucking stress. You sitting in jail. Birdman blowing through the fucking budget on Drake's first album. Right. Like, you come home. You in that shit with four dreads. Like, damn. You get bled out of the music industry for eight years. Just bled out. I do think, however, though, it is kind of like phenomenal that um, they said the other day, uh, Carter Five is on his way to a triple platinum certification. Of course it is. I was like, that's fucking crazy. Like Wayne in 2018 is like about to have a 2018-19. He should have. He should have put another album out at the top of the year. Should have came right back with another album. Like it's like it's like you you look at somebody like somebody like Wayne supposed to be worth 500 m's. Yeah. Like it's not even supposed to be nothing I, to not, talk I, about. It's not me gassing it because I'm yeah, a Wayne no. fan. No. Because like, everybody like all right, Puff has had one. Super mega big artist, and then he had a few other big Who was artists. The super mega big one? Biggie. I thought you were talking about himself. No, no, no. well, because Puff was selling more than well, all. Like, well, two. Yeah, but it wasn't sustained right. over a long period of time. Yeah, I give you that. So he had. So you take him and you take Big. Wayne has had him, Drake, Nicki Minaj, Tiger. Biggest shit was over there. Yeah, it's like the Young Money albums was going platinum. Yeah. His tours are top 10 biggest tours of all time. Yeah. And it's just like, why don't you have 500 M's? Because you're in a bad fucking deal. And you got front loaded so much money, then when it was time to pay you the equity piece, they didn't have it. Yeah. Wayne's last deal with Cash Money was a four album, $140 million deal. He got 70 up front because Baby and Slim can only operate from. Advance to advance. Right. So when Universal pay them, I was play as love, Playboy. Everybody, here you go, Ro- Playboy. Playboy, Rolls Royces for everybody, Playboy. Here you go, I just had for my nephew. Something. <laughs> you, everybody, bust down Rolexes, Jumbo Patex. You ever seen that video? He was like, the new Bentley just came out. That's my everyday whip. I bought my son one. I bought my nephew back something. <laughs> Come for everybody. When I'm the advance right. is in, yeah. But at the end, when the advance didn't dry it up, it ain't gonna be so sweet for you. Yeah. So it's like. What money? Like, I, what about the 70 I gave you? Yeah, but you owe me 70 more. Oh, shit, I do owe you 70 more. Yeah. Good Dra- luck. Drake advance coming. <laughs> Just wait on so it. So it's like they literally, yeah. they doing nigga business on 100 M's, 100 M advances. Like, death row shit. Death row shit. And they got an 85 15 split. Where the fuck is all the money at? Yeah. Birdman buying Lauda Jets. This <laughs> like, is where the shit went. Birdman bought a $1.5 million watch. Remember that big-ass, icy-ass, <laughs> fucking stupid-ass watch he bought? Then the next video he posted was with Khaled. Yeah, this the Lord of Jack Maybach. Only three of these in the world, playboy. It's one in Dubai, it's one in Paris, and this motherfucker right here. You know what I'm saying? That's how we do it over here. Rich gang, YMC and B lifestyle, playboy. Two Bugattis. Yeah. Real shit. He <laughs> bought Scott Storch Mansion. Then defaulted on yeah, this shit. Yeah, like... Just doing stupid shit. Just doing, like, literally just fucking up the budget to live up to the cash money millionaire's ethos. And you just fucked off all this money. Like, Baby should be a billionaire. (laughs) Baby and Slim should be billionaires, and Wayne should be worth 500 M's, and Drake should be worth 350 right now. Drake's eyeing it. Drake definitely eyeing it. Drake's eyeing it. But it could have, like, if you if they didn't fuck the business up, it was more than enough money in there for everybody. Their market share alone to what they add to Universal fucking Republic is enough for them to bonus out every year. 
Because people don't be knowing these deals be structured a certain way, but it be bonuses based on market share and and how many units get moved and all that shit. It be other monies that be in these deals. And I know Wayne and Drake ain't never seen none of them performance bonuses. Yeah. They got Wayne at 120 and Drake right now at 140. And it's like, that's kind of nuts. That's cause, crazy. Because you, you had a 10-year head start. Yeah. It's nuts. With, with way like, let's just keep it a bean. Wayne's success was DMX, 50, Kanye, Drake, and Wayne. Those are the five that I can think in modern history yeah. outside of Snoop because Snoop was something else. But those are the five that, like, when they hit, they, like, they controlled it. Like, right. 50 was able to do whatever. Kanye was like, oh, no, I'm fucking with Common. they like, Common? They've been out for, like, 50 <laughs> years? They're like, no, Common. And Common won yeah. Grammys, and, like, he was able to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Wayne, Drake, and maybe T.I. You know what I'm saying? He had a he had stretch. A hell of a he had a stretch where he was really, really crushing yeah. it. But to see Wayne at the end of his stretch where it's like, yo— you, Drake, and Nicki Minaj alone have 450 Billboard Hot 100 hits. That's motherfucking out of control. And who knows how many number one albums <laughs> between the crew. Like, Wayne literally got to the point where it was like, I remember that vibe, John, where it was like the 77 best Little Wayne features of, of, 2007. This, of this year. Yeah. And it's just like, you was you were literally the hottest motherfucking thing on a planet. Yeah, you were a lightning rod. We never seen nothing like that. You look at like him with the Samsung deals and yeah. just you you were that. You like you literally took over Earth. So at the end of all of that shit, yeah, Wayne should have had four at least. At least. At least four hundred. Everybody else who's had that level of success is a billionaire. Puff, Jay, like everybody else who's had that level of Man. success is a billionaire. Dr. Dre. Doctor, like all of them. Like even Snoop. Snoop's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Snoop put up 30, 40 M's every year, yeah. like clockwork. Like it's nothing. You don't even see Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> he he Forbes every year, like Snoop, clockwork. Snoop got a, a Drake dad mustache now. <laughs> Just doing whatever the fuck you want. Snoop got a fucking media compound in uh, Los Angeles where he does television production, video production, um, shit for cable, shit for uh, Vice. Uh, music studio, like soundstage, like the whole everything. And he the Joker's owns, Wild. Yeah, yeah. He, that he, TNT and he, show. And he owns that shit. He mm. owns it free and clear. Mm. Nick Cannon has some similar shit. Uh, something I was just watching, Nick Cannon just did another round of uh, Vlad interviews and he was talking about him giving up that money from America's Got Talent. Going back to like the Kaepernick point where it's like, who's really willing to like fall on the sword right. and like die for what they believe in financially? And um, Nick left America's Got Talent because they were trying to regulate him about the turbans and him being outspoken and this and that. And he left and rebuilt his shit and he said that he made five times more money the year that he left AGT because his mentality was, I got to hustle. So he went and did the Wild and Out tour. He reinvigorated Wild and Out, did the Wild and Out tour, was doing fucking comedy, was doing fucking uh, movie production and this, that, and the third. And now he has the number one show on all of television, The Mad Singer, which he's the host and a producer of. Right. So it just goes to show it's like, yo, when you really believe in what you what you saying and you willing to stand for something, that should have come back to you. Yeah. 
if you're willing to put the work in. A lot of times, people just want to just take what's right in front of them and like, all right, well. But that's I'm, but that's how these bad deals pop off. Exactly. And it's like you're coming from a place of essentially despair, like hopelessness. Yeah. You know, like let's just keep it like none of these. Everybody that tell you that they was rich before rap, they they wasn't rich. No. They just weren't. You know what I mean? Like. Jeezy, Jay Z, all all of these guys, they had some money, but they weren't what they were. Yeah. They weren't out buying Bugattis and flying private jets and none, none of this. <laughs> it's shit, a different level, really. This shit did not pop off till they were in the music industry or whatever the fuck entertainment field they were yeah. doing. So it's like, you know, you come into the joint, you like yo, like you think about how crazy this was. You know how much. Uh, what the fuck is Dominic Toretto? It's fucking crazy that that's like what I think his name is now. Uh, from Fast and Furious. Um, Vin, oh, Vin Diesel. Diesel. Vin Diesel. Dominic Toretto. On the first Fast and the Furious. You know how much they paid him? Probably like an M. 2.5 mil for the first Fast and the Furious. Fast 6. The 6 one, he took a back-end deal off of the box office cut. Made $57 million from yeah. that movie alone. He, that was the only thing he did that year. Yeah, that's the Tom Cruise shit. With the Mission Impossible shit. Tom Cruise fucking taking in 80 and M's like and all you, that shit. you look at shit like that. The first movie comes out, it's a fucking box office smash. Makes $280 million. Yeah. Oh, shit. This is something big. But then he got, he was large. And Vin Diesel straight was like, um, yeah, I'm going to need more than 2.5 for the second one. They was like, we're going to go with Tyrese. And he's like, oh, really? All right, cool. Go right. ahead and do that. The second shit was even a hit, though. Yeah. And it was like, damn, like the second John made... uh. Two hundred and it made two hundred mil. Yeah, and it was like, oh shit, we we don't really need Vin. All right, cool. Then the third one was uh the white boy and Bow Wow. It's like, all right, we scraped the bottom <laughs> of the barrel now. <laughs> like we play games. We, we got <laughs> the razor on the plate there. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> get we, all that shit. Get all that out there. <laughs> and the Tokyo Drift John was was it still was a success. Yeah. And then uh, fast four was huge. And then they was like, yo, um. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to get Vin and him back because we got an opportunity to like really take this shit to the next level yeah. because we're talking about bringing the rock in. Vin comes back, they bring the rock in. Fast five drops, the shit did six hundred mil. It's like oh shit. And Vin on the tip like yo, um, I'm the lead of this motherfucking thing. Like <laughs> I can't do this for three mil. In fact, we making so much money now off of the box office. I'm gonna need splits. I'm gonna need a cut off of the money. The yeah. money made from the fucking movie coming out because y'all could easily give me twenty mil up front. That's what that was yeah, like. And I'm gonna underpay myself. In like acting, once you got the twenty mil a movie, that was the magic number. That was like the thing. Chris Tucker, Jim Carrey, Will Smith, Denzel's like, oh, you made twenty mil. Jesus Christ, you killing it! But it's like, yo, this is when movies like to have like a crazy box office hit was to to do two hundred and fifty mil, yeah. three hundred mil. But with the Marvel and the the uh, what's the other one? The uh, DC. DC. DC, you know, once this shit started happening and the Batmans and every fucking thing yeah. else, now you got movies doing a bill like it ain't shit. It's like, dog, if you Christian Bell or motherfucking God rest his soul, Heath Ledger, that fucking 10 mil ain't shit when this movie making <laughs> $1.3 billion. Right. So Vin like, no, we're going to restructure every motherfucking movie and I'm going to get a cut off of the joint. Fast 6 comes out, 830 mil. Vin Diesel makes 62 million off of the shit. Yeah. Fast 7 comes out, Paul Walker dies, God rest his soul, the movie did a billion dollars. They said Vin made close to like 80 off that shit. It's like, 
And they say they were saying on the joint, he's one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. He does one movie every year and a yeah, half. That's all I like, need. I got <laughs> fuck it. Will we shooting again? What, 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 I'm, what I'm gonna show up in fucking <laughs> Super Troopers three? <laughs> Y'all tripping. <laughs> <laughs> and think about what I said. I called him Dominic Toretto. Yeah. That's his name now. Yeah, you, that's who you, you can't are. get away from this shit. You don't need to do shit else. This is it. It's just what it is. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, Omari is going to be ghost for the rest of his life. You got to eat that one now. Just yeah. It's the way it goes. So it's like if you're going to be set like Alan in uh, the, the hangover. Yeah. yeah. Like, we, we need... A lot of money for this because these movies aren't normal. Yeah. Hangover One came out; it did four hundred and eighty mil for a live action comedy. That's not normal. Yeah, where the budget was probably like fifteen. The, like, <laughs> people don't even dig this. The second one, uh, Hangover Two, it did five hundred and twenty, five hundred and sixty, whatever. Five, yeah. I think it was five. I think it finished at like five eighty six. It's the highest grossing live action comedy ever. You know what's number two? Hangover One. Home Alone. Oh shit! Like that's just how <laughs> how wild it is. Yeah, for, you got a twenty year gap in you between. Don't, you this. don't realize live action comedy movies are shit like Forty Year Old Virgin, Super Bad, yeah. uh, Home Alone. Fucking, they're not. Those aren't crazy money makers. Yeah, they don't break the bank. They don't because it's it's not special effects. None of the crazy shit yeah. blowing up. Nothing. It's not Mission Impossible. And it's or, usually more mature content, so you alienate part of the audience. Right. You figure Fast and the Furious, they're literally driving a car from this skyscraper to that. It's just nuts shit. So it's like the budget is huge. The budget for Fast 7 was $250 million. Yeah. So if the budget $250 million, we can't make two ninety. Right. We're going out to, we're purposely we're to make going a bill. out to make yeah. a bill. So yeah. it's like, yeah. So it's like, yeah, you look at a movie like Hangover and Hangover 2 making this much money. By the time Allen shows back up at Hangover 3, Allen got $25 mil for that motherfucker. Yeah. Like, duh, I can't, I'm, I'm the, re- like, not trying to, because I don't want to say he's the only reason because it's characters who, you know, Stu and Doug and all of them. But, like, Alan is the comedic carry right. of that franchise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look at Taken. The franchise, as ass as it is, the franchise has made fucking 400-some million dollars. So, Lee Neeson show up and be like, <laughs> yes, I know I'm 192, <laughs> but <laughs> I need a lot of money to come do this shit. So, yeah, I respect anybody getting out of a deal. And I fuck with Jay yeah. for getting Uzi out of the deal. And the thing is, people don't be realizing it's like you could be making a lot of money and still be grossly underpaid mm-hmm. for what your value is because you just didn't negotiate. A motherfucker could be making $10 million but not realizing, like, nah, you should be getting 32 You know what I mean? And that spread is the difference between creating generational wealth and not because it only takes you two pay periods to adjust to making 10 M's. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you flying every bitch private. You, uh, you, you, you tricking budget through the roof. You done bought every hoe, some Chanel sneaks. Really like, and you look up and you like at the end of the year and you like, fuck, where's my money? I little baby posted a picture, um, on his IG. Maybe this is maybe a month and a half ago. He posted a picture of him from like a couple years ago where he had like this, Fucked up white tee on and shit, no jewelry, and he's just like, yeah, things change fast. I ain't seen little baby without two watches. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> this nigga wear two watches every like. I ain't seen him without two in a couple years, and it's like that. You, it's, you can literally go from yeah. no watch to just the the new Patek. All right, yeah, give me two of them. They're like, oh, you want a gift wrap for somebody? No, no I'm cheap. putting them on. <laughs> I'm wearing both of those I'm out of both of these jokes like, yeah, like, you get that. Like Birdman in 98 yeah. with the two watches. <laughs> you know how they play, boy? <laughs> we in Magnolia Project. Like, yeah, real shit. People don't dig that. Like, 
even in our lives, you go from you you have a job where you make fourteen dollars an hour and you live off of that. You get to work, you eat, you take care of your chi- your child. Yep. You haul off and land a job where you make thirty dollars an hour. It's literally double the income. Two months later, you putting your name on the overtime sheet. You're like, hey, I need smoke tea real quick. Because <laughs> now you got a $30 an hour lifestyle. You done got this new car. You done moved into a new fucking place. Yep. You know, now your refrigerator ain't white no more. You you just, you, <laughs> you, you paying your mama bills. Yeah, you you do, you live in a whole, you you buying sneakers Listen, and it shit. Take, it take two pay periods. I've been there. Like, That's it. I, I remember when I first started working for Enterprise, I signed up. I'm making 32000 a year in the management training program. At Enterprise, they pay you in advance. So, meaning my first check after working four days, I got a check for two weeks, nigga. I got a check for eighteen hundred. I'm like, oh shit, Dog. it's lit. So the first month, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm doing good. I'm catching up on whatever my little bullshit college bills is and this and that. Next thing you know, I'm like, I need to make more money. <laughs> like, I need, I need to work more overtime. Like, you adjust to that money fast as shit. Real and this shit. is, I'm living with my mom, so I don't even have the overhead of rent. And I'm older, I'm but I'm shopping every day. A close, <laughs> a close friend to the show, nigga had a, a, a SRT car, was working here, had a nice little job down south, was doing his thing. Wound up in a new whole situation, had an SRT truck, a, a fucking M6. I'm like, you don't want to take it easy for this? <laughs> that is, dog, that shit is real. Like, you really, you make $2 million in a year, you going to have a $2 million lifestyle. If you haul off and make $10 million the next year, you have a $10 million lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Because who the fuck want to make $10 million and be around a bunch of motherfuckers that make 42000 You are now food. Either food or you become the industry for which everyone to try to siphon money off. Mm-hmm. You can't spend your time like that. Like, little Baby got a solid team of people around him from coach to P to the people that he that he associate with his his main crew that he run with it's like a handful of guys whatever like that but imagine if he was literally still hanging in whatever neighborhood in Atlanta that he's fucking from around all these crips and all that shit you gonna be the sponsor yeah just by attrition just by being around motherfucker gonna need 500 motherfucker gonna need a thousand that shit add up yeah you making six eight m's a year but when you got a Pay your motherfucking taxes. Take care of your, your baby mom. Take care of your mom, your aunts, your sisters, whatever like that. You ain't making that much money. LeBron's show on HBO, um, the, the Shop. The Shop. They had an actual pretty interesting talk on their uh, episode about this that we're talking about yeah. right now. Um, So he had Jared Carmichael, 2 Chains, Meek. Who else was in that room? A-B. Yeah, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Um... Was Jamie Foxx on that one? Yeah. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx was in there. Um, it's somebody AD. else. AD, Anthony Davis. Mav was there. Mav. And they were in LeBron and Rich Paul. Yeah. And um, not Rich Paul. Um, the friend. The the one who does the show with him. Maverick, Maverick Carter. Maverick Carter. Yeah. Maverick You said Mav. Yeah, fuck what yeah. I'm talking about. Because I, I said I was so ready to say Rich Paul and I yeah. threw it out there. But yeah, Maverick Carter. And they were discussing basically going from nothing to Something. everything yeah, in yeah. people's eyes and where where your loyalty should lie as far as taking care of people yeah. re- remembering the promises you made is that a third and I saw a lot of backlash on the on the stuff that they were saying on there and I I know I think differently I'm like you haul off and blow up tomorrow I'm not going to come to you and be like yo you um 
you know, you you gonna do this. You gonna, right. that's just not. But me. I'm a, but but because of who I am, but, I feel like you know that I'm gonna come to you and be like, nigga, yeah, I, it's lit. Yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I, you, you know I want the blue one. Right. Like, I, I, yeah. I know that. <laughs> nigga, it's lit. Like, but I'm not. Like, I ain't gonna say nothing. Just, you know, chill. Like, ain't gonna act too too crazy. But you know, cause cause I'm the same way, and I'm like that with yeah. like everybody that's close to me and shit. So it's like I understood what they were saying, where it's like, yo. I haul off and go to the league, or I haul off and get my rap deal, or Jared Carmichael hauls off and get a residency at this place. You know, okay, I, I made eleven million dollars this year. You got to already figure half of that is gone. Like, so yeah. I really made five point five, right? Yeah. You got a good account and you made seven and a half, right? I gotta get myself right. I gotta be mentally in a in a good spot in a good sp- spot or space. Yeah. So I gotta move. Do whatever I want. It's gonna have me feeling like the fruits of my labor are worth yeah. what I'm doing this shit for, and feeling secure to where you ain't gotta be looking over your right. shoulder because you worried about a motherfucker climbing through your window. Most people have parents, unless you were, you know, hatched out of an egg or came from under a rock. You or have raised parents. by wolves, yeah, or by wolves. You have human parents, and for the most part, unless you're Bill Lambeer, your parents, you know, like, you know Bill Lambert, when he came in the NBA, his his dad was like the fucking CEO of like a big conglomerate. <laughs> and just, so you know, you ever hear the story about it? He his first NBA checks he was getting, his dad was like, "Well, you stop that nonsense and come work at the company. <laughs> like, cut that shit out, and come over here." Like, because he was like, his dad made that much yeah. money. So, and it's funny because Isaiah Thomas, when he got his big contract from Detroit, you know. I'm buying my mom a house because we from Chicago. Yeah. I'm buying my mom a house in the suburbs of where's the the palace at? Uh, Auburn, Auburn Hills. Auburn Hills. They're buying a. He was going to buy his mom a house in the suburbs of Auburn Hills, which is right outside of Detroit. It's like a real ritzy neighborhood. Yeah. The house that he bought his mom, it's across the street from the house Bill Lambert grew up in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Bill Lambert is like, yeah, Isaiah's mom is my. Parents, neighbor, neighbor, and shit. You know what I'm saying now? And it's like, that's how different the life is. So yeah. it's like, most people who are coming to the NBA and coming into the music industry, that isn't your situation. For sure. So you, you Isaiah Thomas, you buying your mom, your dad a property, mm-hmm. your, your dad, whatever you want, you know, whatever. Then you got brothers and sisters. Your family, who you might not even really talk to, they're coming out the woodwork. They're going to find you. You ain't got to look for them. They going to find you, baby. I need a new gallbladder. <laughs> I need new shoulders. Everything is fucked up. I need some Viagra. Dick don't work. Everything's <laughs> fucked up over here. Netflix. Like, I, I need help. You got to handle that. So it's like, then you get to your homies, your friends and shit. How many people would you say, and this is just how, how life works, right? When you were 17, how many friends did you have? Like a good 10 that I talked to, like, frequently. And when you were 17? Yeah. How many do you have now? Probably about the same. See, I'm, I'm like different. Like when you're 17, you're just in so much shit. 18, 19, you just everywhere. You meeting people, doing the most. You you start, you got you got a crew at school. You got a crew up at college. Right. You got a crew at your job. You got to send a third. I'm literally at the point, I'm 34 now. I got like four fucking <laughs> friends. Like, And that's how life works. Yeah. So it's like the people I was cool with at 17 and 18, I don't even know where the half of these motherfuckers are. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like I haul off and come into 60 M's. Motherfuckers like, yeah, what's up with you? I ain't seen you in 17 years. What's up? That's motherfuckers start coming from yeah. everywhere. And that's more so what Jared Carmichael was like, yo, when I was fucked up and when I you know, came out of high school and I was like 
you know, kicking it with you every day. And it was like, yeah, man, when I blow up, you know, I'm buying everybody a Lexus. It's like, y'all can't all expect the Lexus, like, once I blow up. And, that, like, people got mad, like, Dan, like, look at these black men turning their back on the black families and communities. Black women been holding it down for years. And I'm just like, this ain't what they was talking yeah. about. It's more so of, like Meek was saying, I literally go from a situation where motherfuckers, we live our lives. You work, I do what I do, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But now you're in a position where you can't function without me. That broke documentary, the 30 for 30, yeah. yes, they, they spoke heavy on that on there. Like Boney, Bernie Kozar was like, you go from literally nobody bothering you about shit to... You wake up, you got 18 missed voicemails right. from everybody in your life. Hey, what we doing today? What you doing today? You want to do this? You want to go? Yeah. Like, they, like they can't function yeah. without you around. Them. Yeah, you the center of their universe. You know? And it's like, I as much as I want certain things, I don't want to be put in that position where it's like I'm the rich person and no one else is rich. Yeah. Because like you said... Now, I don't feel like I'm going to be fooled because, you know, I got a 45. Like, but don't bother me. <laughs> right. But it's like, but I just who don't, even wants to deal I with don't that? I don't want to have to deal with exactly. that. Like I, like, I like being not bothered. Yeah. You know what I mean? My goal was always to get the money first and just the all of the sideline shit that come along with it. I try to sidestep it. Like, you know, I do big celebrity events. Like, I've branded, you know, myself as somebody that does big celebrity events in this city and in others. And now it's, it's – but it's to a point where it's like I don't care to, like, put me out there because I just want to get quiet money. Like – and it would seem counterproductive to what I'm doing because I probably could do a lot more if I would just, like, step out more. But I, I don't want mm -hmm. the attention. Like, I like having, like, a private life. I don't want Philly Scoop Hall talking about me on a bigger level. Mm -hmm. I don't want TMZ talking about me because I'm dating some R&B singer. It was like, I don't even, I don't crave that shit at all. Like, I don't, I don't want nobody to know nothing about me that I don't tell them. Yeah. I already know. If I, like, haul off and, like, win this main event... And be the first black person to win the main event. The shit's gonna come, and I'm gonna be Kanye status. I'm I'm chasing paparazzi. I already know. Like I'm, I'm, there's no way on earth I can put up with that shit. I know me for a fucking fact. Yeah. There's no way on earth that I can just like deal with that and having to worry about who's watching yeah. me and cameras and me at the gas station. And uh, no way on earth I could deal with that shit. Yeah. So, I you know, I don't know. Real quick before we change gears, uh, we just need to have a quick, quick word from our sponsor. Uh, special shout out to Rothy's.com. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Rothy sponsors the show. We have a year-long partnership with them. Um, Rothy's is a new innovative shoe company that makes shoes for women that are basically made out of recycled water bottles. And they literally like donate, donate proceeds of the money for every sale, go to charity and things like that. Um, and they've been a big you know proponent of the show and sponsoring us. Um, go to Rothy's.com. Use code TRP for uh, free shipping on your order and when you go uh, to the site they got a bunch of different you know products you, you can pretty much customize your order to where it's like you can get a colored insole or you can get an insole that matches like the pattern on the shoes uh, they sent Matt a free pair for his girl sent me a free pair for a friend of mine I know my friend, you know, loves the shoes. Yeah, I was pretty about to say, much. Lee loves. She's like enamored. When, with when, when, when Lee was here a couple weeks ago, she's like, I gotta get another pair yeah, of them Rothies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's enamored with them fucking things. Yeah. So make sure y'all go to uh, Rothies.com. All the ladies that listen to the show, y'all like our biggest supporters, hands.
hands down. So make sure you go to rawthies.com. Y'all order y'all shoes. Uh, promo code TRPE to get free shipping on your order. Yeah. The, um... What 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 else popped this week? Uh, oh man, uh, gay Tupac baby. Oh yeah, yeah, Justin. not guilty. Yeah, Tupac back. <laughs> Tupac Mike. Yeah, just Jesse. Uh, you know the the Chicago Justice Department decided to drop all the charges against him. He has sixteen felonies. Uh, Was up. it that many? God <laughs> damn. <laughs> he had uh, <laughs> he had sixteen felonies lined up against him. Yo, Jesse was fucking <laughs> what? Uh, also, this week his lawyer got indicted for trying to extort Nike. Sixteen fucking felonies. That's crazy. Yeah, in a, I ain't know that. In a separate case, his lawyer got indicted for trying to extort Nike from some other fucking like some. Who's his lawyer? I don't even know who the oh. lawyer is, but they was talking about that also. So they how, how do you think he can pull that off? It's Nike. <laughs> yeah. It's like what? It's what? Like, imagine trying to strong arm Google. Yeah. <laughs> like you send in cryptic emails. <laughs> hey man, show up with the with the five hundred thousand in yeah. cash, uh twenty dollar bills in a in a in a Louis Duffel bag. I like Louis Duffel bags. Like can you imagine? So yeah, his lawyer's been arrested and disbarred temporarily, pending the uh, findings of him trying to extort Nike. And uh in the same time they basically deemed that while we do have enough evidence to pursue, it's going to be so hard to prove that your dumbass did what we know your dumbass did that we're not even going to pursue it. But he had to forfeit his bail. And that's what a lot of people are not talking about. So the forfeiture of bail is basically it's a it's quid pro quo. It's a trade off. It's like, listen, you did some nut shit. We're pretty sure about the nut shit that you did because your accomplice is told on you. Right. But we don't want to have it to where this spectacle overrides the fact that people are dying like hotcakes in the city of Chicago and put all this emphasis into some high-profile trial the same way with this R. Kelly shit. So we're going to let your dumb ass go, but we're going to keep your bail money, and we never want to see you again, pretty much. It's kind of like How much what was they his bail money? I think it was like 100 Okay. Yeah, I think he. So it was like, yeah, he had sixteen felony counts, whatever it was. I think it was like a like a million in bail to put up like a hundred thousand uh, cash or whatever like that. So they made him forfeit his bail in exchange for them dropping the charges. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, Empire is is tweeting heavy on Twitter. Yeah, Empire uh, this week. <laughs> like that's crazy. A whole shit show. Sixteen felonies. Jesse was bugging. <laughs> like what? Uh, I saw the chief, the the chief of police or the commissioner or yeah, whatever. He got, guy. yeah, he got right on the news. This some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Justice was not served. We on some nut shit today. <laughs> he was pissed. But um, I guess it's over. Yeah, it's just it's a wrap. It's a rizap. It's a wrap. Because I just knew he was going down. I was waiting on it. I wasn't waiting. On I'm like, look at this dummy. Because it, it, you know, at the end of the day, a black man. And my shit, my like, thing is, sometimes I, I didn't want him to go to jail. But as far as like, sometimes people need to get the Charlemagne said people need to get the credit they deserve for being stupid. Yeah, I get like, that. and you need to be like at least like stop being a dickhead. Like, <laughs> what is you doing? You know what I'm saying? So it's like somebody like uh, one of my homies, uh, my man, my man Cure. He's uh, a big supporter of the show, but he always be uh, he's like he's like a leftist. Like he's fucking uh, like. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, Republicans, what right wing, left wing, right? 
Republicans right wing. Right wing. All right, so one he's of them, one he, of wings. he's a young black guy. He like 28, 29 years old, but he's like strong proponent of like Republican policy. He like a Trump supporter and shit like that. And he always like he's like a glass half like empty kind of guy. So he's like, yeah, what are the chances that uh Jussie Smollett makes this whole big ass deal about fucking lynching and Kamala Harris has like an anti lynching campaign and then you see them in a picture together with like with some shit like that and I'm just like yeah it's kind of like look crazy so it was like it was an agenda behind it and it's and it might be higher forces at work but for whatever reason they he got Are out of that shit. Are you fucking with her, Kamala Harris? Nah, I'm cool. Or what about the other guy, Sean? I think his name is is it Sean? Uh, what's the the black guy? Corey. Corey, the former mayor of Newark. What's his name? Uh, fuck, he was the mayor of Newark. Cory Booker. Cory Booker. Cory Booker. I ain't really fucking with nothing. <laughs> like, I like I, I just I just know they black and people are talking about they gonna run for president. I don't understand. I don't yeah. know the one the one dynamic candidate that I saw was on the Breakfast Club. The Asian guy, I forget his name. Yang. Yang. Yeah. He was talking the right kind of shit. I, uh, what's your name? Sent it to me at least, and I, I watched it. and I was just like, yeah. I mean, it's me personally. I I I'd, I'd prefer to rock or <laughs> two chains. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Chains. I just. After Trump being president, it's like I'd rather president just be somebody I fuck with. Like Vlad, like. Was, Vlad was talking about uh, is Kim Kardashian setting up like with all her social justice reform? Is she setting up a presidential run? I mean, I don't necessarily need her as the president, <laughs> but I could definitely go for like Tierra Wack. I like her. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm really like I'm not even being funny. Like I'm I'm at the point like once Trump be like I don't even look at the presidency the way I you can't. used to. You can't. So where it's like you got to be a Rhodes Scholar or Ivy League yeah. graduate or some type of fucking humanitarian. It's just like you don't like to me. I like people. Fifty million people voted for Trump. Fifty million people that was like I just like the way he talks. Yeah. I like the way he does it. I like the way he did the you fire. You know, like people. <laughs> so it's just like. Yeah. Yo, I like the people's eyebrow and the people's elbow. That shit was lit. Right. Like, make the rock the president. That's really like the crazy thing about like you know, it's 2019. So basically, we're you know gearing towards 2020. There's going to be this whole big push with everybody <laughs> running for president and all that. And the Democrats still don't fucking get it, no. and still haven't been able to produce a dynamic candidate still like, like an Obama, like Sanders a Trump, like, like a Trump that's going to be able to challenge this person. It's like very rarely in the history of presidency do presidents not repeat. You literally have to be the most horrible president ever to not repeat. George H W. George W. Bush. As hard as much as they hated him and his approval ratings and this and that, he won the presidency twice. Well, they threw a lot of those ballots in the water <laughs> on the second one. Hey, <laughs> so what the fuck do you think the Trump administration <laughs> going to hey, do? So with that being said, you have to produce a candidate that's going to a clear win. That's that that's going to produce a clear win in your favor and sway back all those young voters that just looked at the election and was like, "Nah, I'm not going to vote." Who changed? Somebody, anybody over. Pick a name out of a hat at this point. My my thing is, it's like when when Hulk Hogan joined the NWO. You know what I'm saying? You need something to combat the fact that the NWO now has Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Nash, and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Nothing normal is going to... It's not Harlem Heat isn't going to take that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to take that It's not that Diamond down. Dallas Page and, and, and Greg the Hammer Valentine. No, it's not <laughs> happening. You know what I'm saying? So you know what had to happen? 
they had to go dig Sting up. Sting was dead. Sting was getting drunk at the beach every day. Like, blonde hair. Ow! Sting yeah. was done. They gave Sting a bat and a fucking a bungee cord. <laughs> I was like, you gonna be it. And that's really how this shit has to be. Like, the heat. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Bosh. We took it from Boston, and we got it now. It's us. We need to assemble something that can get LeBron out of here. We got Steph Curry. We got Clay. Draft Draymond. Damn, LeBron still won. All right, put KD, KD on, on this motherfucker. Yeah. It's like that. Y'all literally have to get to the point for the Democratic Party where it's like, you're going to need something to be able to battle Trump. Yeah. Trump and all of his foolishness woke up. I'm talking about people who legit were eating mayonnaise for lunch. They went out and voted for Trump. Yep. 50 million. Think about this for a quick second. Trump had 50 million votes. Hillary had 50 million and what, 50.2 or some shit like that? Because she won the popular yeah, yeah, vote, right? Yeah. 50 million for each of them. It's 270 million people in this country. Right. <laughs> like, a boatload of them just didn't go. Just don't give a fuck. They're just <laughs> I like ain't going down there. Apoplectic. Like, nope, I ain't with this. I told, I, I remember when going to vote for Obama. I swear to God, I'm not even being funny, dog. You ever watch that video where the boy come in the barbershop dancing? Yeah. That's how it was going <laughs> to vote for, like, yeah. Everybody was there. It was it was lit. When I went to the school, I'm like, y'all, is today the election? She like, yeah, come on in. Like it was nobody <laughs> in. <this. laughs> like, it was nobody there. And it was just I you remember you could have texted your vote. <laughs> I remember saying that shit when I got in there. I just was like, yeah, uh, Hillary not winning this. Like we in Philly and yeah. it ain't no like nah. Once she yeah. lost Pennsylvania, I was yeah. like, it's over. I know she not. I was like, Obama won PA in a landslide, landslide. both times. Yeah. I'm like, so you lose, you lose PA with all these progressive people that are concentrated in the southeastern part of the state, Philadelphia and all the surrounding areas. Like, it's not like you relying upon like the steel town and all that shit. All you got to do is win the southeast and you win this fucking state. Right. She couldn't do it. So it's like, yo, y'all still don't get it. And it's like the Democratic Party doesn't realize that it's like, yo, if you're not getting better, you're automatically getting worse. Yeah. So when you're trotting out these same regular degular ass candidates mm -hmm. year after year after year, you're setting yourself up for failure. Like, why wasn't somebody immediately being groomed behind Obama in that same Vain, young, good-looking, progressive. Like, where was that candidate? Y'all can't identify nobody out of all your senators, congressmen, uh, aldermen. None of it. Nobody in the whole party meets the mark. I mean, honestly, the presidency now is more so a uh, popularity contest. Yeah. So I think right there, like, the fact that the Republican Party didn't look at their senators, didn't look at their congressmen, didn't look at their aldermen, nothing. Mm. They just was like, yo, who popping and fuck with the shit we be talking about? They talk a lot of shit. Who, who could talk the best shit? Trump has never been a motherfucking block captain. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. He went won the presidency, though. And it's like the Democratic Party is still like, okay, well, let's look at our senators. We got this person. We got this person. We got this. And it's just like, yo, hit two chains. Like, you, you legit right. got to holler at somebody who... Is charismatic, has personality, and people like. Yeah. That that's really it. And is willing to be like, man, fuck y'all over there. Cause that's the tip Trump been on. Yeah. Man, fuck y'all. What are y'all talking about? Well, 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 Mr. Trump, we have right here the reports that fake news. 
<laughs> like everything that's against him is fake. This you week, tripping. this week, right? They they put the report out or whatever, and they was like, you know, while we cannot conclude that Mr. Trump committed a crime, we cannot say that he's not guilty of any wrongdoing. And then he goes right on Twitter, is like total exoneration, <laughs> <laughs> total and utter exoneration. Yo, this is they they in their statement it said this is not a complete exoneration of of any type of guilt, but he did not. But we conclude he did not commit a crime. Total exoneration. Dog, did you you watch the Trump Dynasty, Joe? Remember yeah. when, the, when they uh they settled the the dis, the uh, discrimination at the Trump Village? Yeah, he went right out there. Was like, feels great that we won this today. <laughs> and they like, you didn't win. It, we, we like I said, we won and. It, <laughs> He did. He took the settlement, paid him off. Was like, it's, it's, feels it's great. It's Justice the white cat again, like, bro. Bro. it's like, yo, you you can put the lie together good enough. That shit is good enough, and that is real. And it's like you have to be able to battle with someone like that. So, I've seen the Camilla Harris. I've seen the Cory Booker. I've seen niggas taking pictures with him, trying to you know, look, yeah. and it's just like I get it. And I, I'd like to see, but I just don't think either one. I don't think them combined. Like on some two versus one match type <laughs> shit is be able celebrity to, death match. Yeah, I don't think they'd be able to take not Trump and fifty million. I just don't see it. Nah. And now we've gotten to where it's like you got what's the little black chick? Um. Uh, Owens. Uh, oh, Candace, Candace Owens. Owens. You got Candace Owens supporting Trump. Fucking Kanye West supporting. You got like all of that shit going on uh. with it, like. I just don't see how the Democratic Party gets somebody that unless they really go after a straight celebrity yeah. to 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 take him down. And they like, damn, they're so late in the game now. It's fucking about to be April. Like, it, it would have to be like Mark Cuban. Right. Like, I'm not even being <laughs> no, funny. No, real shit. Like, it would have to be somebody who's like liked and viewed or... or uh, What's his name on Instagram with all the chicks and traveling? Oh, uh, Dan Bilzerian. Dan Bilzerian. Like, it would have to be somebody like that. Real shit. Like, it just, how do you match the power that Trump has shown off and flexed? I've never seen a president. I've never seen anyone in any type of official, I don't even know what you call it, just act the way he acts and do what he does. In do office. Whatever, do whatever the fuck in, he wants. In want. office and just any office. Like, the fucking librarian can't fucking talk <laughs> as crazy as him. So, you know, I don't know how we beat it, but... How do we get there? We were talking about Jussie and all of his foolishness. Just went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> we went, like we always do. Uh, you wanted to talk about LeBron. Yes. What do you want to talk about with So LeBron? there has been talk. You know, we've, we've been chronicling. You know, we're both Laker fans. We've been chronicling the whole shit with, uh, you know, with the Lakers missing the playoffs and all of that shit and LeBron's social, <laughs> me, social media antics uh, and the fact that he was supposed to be going zero dark 30 but still on uh, online dancing the two chains yeah. and shit like that. And um, there has now been like a, a a a talk of should the Lakers trade LeBron? Like that's become a thing. Like in the last week, if the Lakers should trade LeBron, and I'm just like, this is the stupidest conversation I ever heard in my life. Like, why is this even a thing? And it kind of reminds me back to uh. The Amnesty Kobe movement. Remember mm-hmm. that? I think Mark Cuban was the first one yeah. that was like the Lakers should Amnesty Kobe. And looking back, Mark Cuban was correct. Yeah. Uh, but this is not one of those situations because even in a down year, LeBron is not the problem. He's averaging 28, 7, and 7. Mm-hmm. And he's just surrounded by a cast of guys that just can't get it together. Can I speak? Yes. Me and Taylor were having this exact conversation before you got here. You know what I mean? Before LeBron got injured, 
and Lonzo got injured. The Lakers were fourth in the West. In December. In December. They were fourth in the West. They were three and a half games out of first place in the Western Conference. Yeah. Lonzo Ball hurt his ankle. Out for six weeks. LeBron pops his groin. Realistically, the the uh, the, uh, the the medical lady he was working with, the sports trainer, she said he should have been out for six months. She said LeBron should have chalked the entire season after the groin injury. Yeah. But he was just so amped and wanting to get, you know, it's LeBron. Like he he she was like he wanted to get back, so he came back. Brandon Ingram got hurt. Lance Stevenson got hurt. Kuzma got hurt. Lonzo's Ron- been hurt. Rondo even met, fucking Lonzo had to cover up the triple B tattoo. I can't wear these shit no more. Like, we tried. This shit don't work. I can't wear it. I'm getting some joints. I'm coming back. Yeah. Everybody on the staff got hurt. And like Kobe said, once you have a situation where your leader and all the surrounding people get hurt back and forth, back and forth, y'all fall out of out of sync. Yeah. And y'all hit a rough spot where there is no groove. There is no chemistry. And it showed. But before that happened, y'all were having a relatively good season. Absolutely. All the way up until December. LeBron, typical LeBron, this year he's shooting better than he shot in a lot of years. He scored more points. He passed Jordan for, what, is he fourth now? All-time in scoring. LeBron had a standard LeBron James year. 28 points a game. Seven and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists, and he did it on fifty three percent shooting, which is better than his career average of fifty one. Right, it's a good LeBron year. So LeBron is not the issue, but LeBron came to a new organization where things have to get acclimated. And honestly, up until the injuries, like I just stated, they, they were, were three and a half games <laughs> out of first place yeah. in the West. And I'm not talking about in September or October. In the, December. In December. Yeah. Like literally, they were. They were. What were they? Uh. I think they were I can't even remember the record. But like 34 and 17 or something. Yeah, like, like they were really, really yeah. plus on the win side, and they were literally three and a half games back of Golden State. Yeah. Injuries you cannot fight. Jordan missed a whole year because you cannot, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's just the way it goes. It's injuries. You can't change them. But it's like the thing with LeBron is I've realized in these last couple of years, people really hate dude. Oh, absolutely. Like it it's it's they pray and pray for my downfall. And, and, and it's sad because we literally have a – we only have a few of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's only a, it's only him, Floyd Mayweather, Serena Williams. It's only a few of them people left where it's like they're just titans of their field. Like doing and everything they want on the court, doing everything they want off the court. It's only a few of them. Yeah. So to see people just be so negative and hate him so much is just like – it's 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 bothering a little bit. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I got told Taylor before the show started, you know this is going to be LeBron's first summer off since 2007. Right. He he just doesn't miss the playoffs. Do you not not even miss the playoffs? Do you realize he played until June every yeah. year since 2007? Yeah. Every fucking season. Eight straight finals. Before that, three Eastern Conference championships. Right. Before that, a finals appearance in 07. <laughs> right. Before that, Eastern Conference chip in 06. Yeah. Do you realize LeBron has played till June since 07? Yes. Crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> it's crazy. And I was saying it the other day. I'm like, yo, this is his 16th season. He has 16 years in the NBA on top of 230 playoff games. 230 playoff games where he's literally playing balls-to-the-wall basketball for 40 minutes. 
you know, playoff basketball increases in intensity. Exactly. It doesn't like lay everything off. Tightens up. It doesn't lay off in the playoffs. It actually gets worse on your body. Yeah. You're playing every other night, going to seven games against the best teams and the best. You know what I'm saying? Through all of that, LeBron in his 16th year now passed Jordan for fourth all-time scoring. You know, right now he's 10th on the all-time assist list. Right. <laughs> it's insane. It's, it's insane to think that he might finish his career number one in scoring, number five in assists. That in itself, to have someone who is not a score-first person end up the number one scorer, in itself doesn't make and any sense. And also not a point guard. <laughs> and somehow figure out a way to become number five in assists is 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 it's nuts. So I, to, to watch people hate on it and be like, ah, see, and it, it's just it's insane to me to because I watched it. Like I watched all the games. I watched what happened. I yeah. watched Lonzo go down. I watched Kuzma go down. And LeBron, it's he gets unfairly put in these positions where it's like, oh, but why he don't just do it himself? And it's like, this ain't the way it works, Chief. Right. Like, <laughs> ever. You got teams on the, in the West that are running 10-11 deep, like with great fucking players. You got teams like Toronto that they just throw six foot eight fucking 3-and-D wings at you all fucking night long. Milwaukee, the same shit. It's like, I don't got enough to go against these no, motherfuckers. No like, championship team was ever done. It was never one yeah. person. Like, when you think Jordan and you like, oh, see, Jordan was, dog, Pippen is one of the 50 greatest. Pippen was the best wing defender in basketball. In his era. Absolutely. Dennis Rodman is the best rebounder of ever. the 90s. <laughs> probably ever. Real shit. Tony Kukoc was the best Croatian basketball player ever. Six man of the year. Like, that team was stacked. Stacked. Phil yeah. Jackson is arguably the best coach ever. Yeah. That shit matters. <laughs> like, so it's like I watch these things happen. It's funny. You ever watch Get Hard? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you ever seen that? Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell and Kevin, Kevin Hart? Hart. Yeah. Remember when Will? Remember Will Ferrell? A lot of people don't know who he was, but remember Will Ferrell, boss in that joint was coach. Yeah, yeah. From coach back in the day. And <laughs> <laughs> fucking Craig T. Nielsen. <laughs> fucking coach was his boss. And he was talking to him about how he started the firm. He's like, I built this firm all by myself. Me, this computer, and a $7 million loan from my dad. And Wilfred was like, you really did it all by yourself? <laughs> it's like, that's kind of how they want LeBron to be. Like, yeah. do it by yourself. And it's like, no, you have to have help. That's why the whole uh, Kylie Jenner not being self-made shit never <laughs> makes any fucking sense. It's yeah. like, you don't just get these. Like, it's not that. You, you still got to work. You have to work. You have to put forth the effort yeah. to make this shit happen. So it's like, as good as LeBron wants to play, if the team is fucking, if I got to run with Caruso, we're not <laughs> winning chips, y'all. Like, it's just not happening. That's not a championship thing. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not mad at it. Honestly, even if they don't make a trade, if Lonzo, Kuzma, and Ingram are healthy and LeBron is healthy, I'm good with that. Yeah. Because I watched them this year be fucking three games out of first place in the West yeah. when they were all good. Then everybody got injured and they weren't. And it's just like, oh, see, 
And Cor- Corey, uh, what's the name, fell off a fucking cliff this year, too. The, uh, what was the young boy that went to Villanova that everybody was high Josh on? Hart. Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Yeah, he fell off well, a fucking yeah, this cliff is the thing. this year. Josh Hart wasn't much. He wasn't high up the cliff. I think yo, I, I never you really. You think he was overvalued? One, the, the summer league shit kind of overvalued valued yeah. him. I, ne- I never really liked him. Like, he can't really shoot, and he makes bad decisions. It's like that in itself. Like, basketball now is more... Subconscious, mental game. Yeah, yeah, like if you're not mentally there, you're gonna. Do, I I saw LeBron throw him like a perfect alley oop that he tried to lay up, <laughs> and it just was weird just shit. The like it just he does weird shit that just doesn't make sense yeah. a lot of times. So I'm like I said, I'm cool with it, and I think they'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. Even if they if if they get AD, cool. You know what I'm saying? They don't. Kuzma, Ingram, and Ball is a nice ass young trio. Absolutely. And I'm cool with it. Like, I'd like to see the bench get a little tighter. You know what I'm saying? We, like, they, it was weird. They got rid of a, what's the Czech Republic, the big guy? Um, In that the, Clippers trade? No, nah, was it the Clippers they trade? They sent them to the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fuck is his name? I forget his name, too. Zubak. Yeah. yeah Zubac. Like, Zubak was fucking balling. Yeah. They gave the money to fucking... Uh, What's the dickhead, light-skinned boy? Uh, was supposed to be everything, but then he wasn't. Came right after Durant. Um, oh, Beasley. Beasley. They gave the money to Beasley. They should have gave to Brooke Lopez, yeah. which made no fucking It was the same money. And, and, and that's where I'm like, people get mad at LeBron. I don't think we—I think we need to do this. I love Magic Johnson. I do. As Magic. Magic as like front office magic and Palenka. Uh uh-uh. It might be oh it like I it might just, be trying to take him out back and shoot him. Listen, man. What's his name that owned WCW? Oh, uh Ted Turner. But no, Bischoff not was running not Bischoff. He was running it. Yeah. Eric Bischoff and them held it together as long as they could. <laughs> Y'all got it. WWE came in and was like, we need this dog. Like, it just is what it is. Yeah. Barksdale and them held on to them corners for as long as they could. Marlo, like, listen, it's my time now. Yeah. It ju- it's, it's just the way it go. Magic and Palenka, I feel like, are just as much at fault than anyone else. Yeah. Because some of the decisions that I've watched them make, the Beasley, Brooke Lopez shit, I was just like, all right, I mean, they, they must know something. I don't know. Like, maybe Beasley ain't on the fucking snorts and right. the, and the and the fucking, the, what's the shit that they was all bath salts? It's like, <laughs> all right, cool. But then you see Beasley, he come out there, and it's like, Beasley came out without his shorts. And you're right. like, oh, no, he's still on the salts. Yeah. And then you see Brooke Lopez hitting nine threes a game over there in Milwaukee. you just like, that, that, that mean? Like, what the fuck are we doing? Then you have a bright light in all of the bullshit that happened this year with the injuries in Zubak. Was hooping. And you trade him. And get rid of him. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't make sense of it. Yeah. So I don't know what Magic and Palenka are doing, but. They don't know what they're doing. And then the worst out of it all is, we, real quick before we end this, don't answer that. <laughs> the fact that we have a society have let street culture infect everything. Everything. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell straight got cast out of the Lakers for snitching on Swaggy P. Yeah. A player that's not even on your roster anymore. For snitching <laughs> on Swaggy P. D'Angelo Russell's a fucking all-star. An all-star. 
and is single-handedly carrying the Brooklyn net. to the playoffs. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell should dead ass be a Laker. Karis LeVert was supposed to be Brooklyn's all-star. He got hurt, and D'Angelo Russell went up three more notches and elevated himself to an all-star. Right. And he's the the leader of that team, and everything runs through him. And I look back on it like, damn. All right, D'Angelo Russell was young. He did some dickhead shit, made a dickhead maneuver with the phone shit. All right. Should he have really been sent away from an NBA organization for that shit? That no. drafted him at the second slot you, in the you, draft. You, you underdid yeah, what I'm like saying? They're churning and burning through number two overall draft picks. And it's just, I think to myself, like, damn, what would it look like to have D'Angelo Russell, Lonzo, Ingram, Kuza, and LeBron? That could very well be your fate. That, like, that, that's <laughs> nuts. With Brooke Lopez and Zubak as your big be, man. Truth be told, Russell was a throw-in in that trade to, to get the Mozgov contract right. going. He wasn't even the focus of the trade. He was a throw-in. Oh, yeah, we got a trade going on. By the way, you going too, motherfucker. And now they're a fucking playoff team. And, really? And they, are, and they positioning themselves. Watch Brooklyn in free agency. They're positioning themselves for a KD or a, a, a Jimmy Butler or somebody yeah, to go there. And then now they top three in the fucking East. Mm-hmm. It's right there for them. I still can't believe they got rid of D'Angelo the way they did, man. Crazy, right? Yeah, I, I was upset with that one. But, yeah, that's what I mean. It's just Magic and Palenka, the moves that they're making, just yeah. I don't be understanding it some fucking time. So I think the Lakers will be cool. I mean, I'm not – LeBron is still, to me, just that guy. Like, yeah. he's just – it. you watch him, it's just the, the control of the game that he has when he's on the floor is just – yeah. No one can Next stop level. him still. And they like, oh, you know, on defense. And I'm like, I mean, at the end of the day, in basketball years, LeBron is 75 years old. Right. Like, Father Time is going to catch everybody. Yeah. It court Kobe. It court Jordan. Well, Kobe like a motherfucker. It court Magic. It court all. It court, court a lot of court these Duncan. Duncan. It court a lot yeah. of these. You see Duncan the other day with the top <laughs> braids. I said, man, what is this? Top brizzies. Yeah. <laughs> But not like it, 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 it catches everybody. So it's like, yeah, it's going to catch LeBron eventually too. But I think the Lakers are going to be fine. Yeah. I'm going to go as far as to say I think they do get a chip while he's in L.A. And if he stays in there for another four seasons, he's going to become the number one all-time scorer. Yeah. So, you know, I'll take it. Yeah. You know. Hey, man. It is what it is. Got anything else? Uh yeah, I got a uh my first concert is coming up um next Wednesday. Um <laughs> first concert's coming up. Um I have emerging artists from North Carolina, the baby, for whatever fucking reason, y'all Philly, Jersey, y'all are in love with this fucking kid. And he sold out the first venue in three weeks. We had a four hundred and fifty yeah, person that. capacity sold out. The like the he's been promoting this tour so well that it just like it built up all this additional demand for the shit, and a lot of things have been happening. Like, in his favorite, he just hit a million followers. He had a freestyle go viral the other day on LA Leakers, stuff like that, to where we had to move it to a bigger venue. So now our show is going to be at the TLA, the legendary TLA on South Street, the Theater of Living Arts, uh, three, I think it's 314 South Street, um, right across from Ishka Bibbles, all of that shit. So make sure y'all get y'all tickets now on LiveNationPhilly.com, LNPhilly.com. Get y'all tickets i do not have no comp tickets none of that shit you want to attend the show the tickets is 30 dollars on uh live nation philly.com or you can go to the box office at the tla 
and uh, go ahead and buy a ticket. I just was down South Street yesterday. This shit is up on the marquee, and I'm looking forward to having my first major artist concert. Um, you know, sell out at the t- at the uh, at the TLA, and we already out of the additional tickets we put up, we're more than halfway through those. So if you wait until like Tuesday or Wednesday to try to buy a ticket, there is going to be sold out. So go ahead and get your tickets now. The baby live Wednesday, April third at the TLA. Uh, on South Street, LiveNationPhilly.com or Ticketmaster.com to get your tickets. And uh, again, today's my birthday. Thank y'all for all the birthday love. I literally put a post. I got like 180 comments on this joint. Like, I don't even know how to respond to everybody. So I'm going to respond to y'all on the podcast. And then I'm going to jump in the comments and say a universal thank you to everybody. Because it's too many fucking messages to send out. And I think they're going to end up blocking me out of uh, Instagram if I put too many comments up in a short amount of time. But uh, thank y'all. I'm 36 today. I'm, uh, I'm a, a, a cool dinosaur washed up. Uh, but I'm still lit somehow. So, man, I appreciate all the birthday wishes and all the love and all the support through all the events I had throughout the, you know, throughout the year and the last, you know, month in particular. And then this, you know, my capstone event is going to be my first concert um, with the baby next Wednesday. And I just want you to come out, support and have a good time. Yeah. Um, you know, if we could get maybe like some type of police detail around uh, the Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> you know, so I can... So I can go get my Dunkachino in peace. You know what I'm saying? It would be easier and cheaper for them to just hire a security to just be in there to just regulate the shit and keep these vagabonds out of that joint. Yo, I went to the uh, the liquor store at the plaza the other day. I, you know, I at Penrose Plaza. You know, I'm from that neighborhood and it's going down. Yeah. I haven't been down there in God knows how long, like in the plaza yeah. and shit. And I, they got like a wing stop now and yeah. a Jamaican store. It's really doing bad <laughs> over there. But we went in the liquor store. It's a security nigga, and and I was just like, damn, like it's rough, it's rough. <laughs> nigga, not even in shape. He's just huge <laughs> with a tight shirt, just in there, standing there. I'm like, yo, that's crazy as shit. Like Be security everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> Be security every fucking way, every man. fucking where. Yo, you ain't lying about that. Uh, um. Maybe cops posted up on 17th and uh Chamblos. Apparently, yeah. somebody got smoked out there, and they out there 24 seven. I'm just like, shit is nuts. Like yeah. this is a residential block, like. That shit don't matter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Take that shit to the back block. Right. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, what was I about to say? Uh, yeah, I'm working right now. The World Series is coming up, so nice. I'm definitely going to that the first week of June. Um, trying to figure out what I'm doing for my birthday. I want to go to Dubai, but, uh, you know, people acting like they can't get no time off from work and shit. Oh, shit. Like, uh, all out like I'm doing. <laughs> like, duh. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, either Dubai or where else I said I wanted to go? I think I'm going to go to either Colombia or Costa Rica at some I want, point. I want to do Switzerland. Nice. And, um, I want to go to Barcelona, but Barcelona weather is like ours. So it's like in October, it's going to be like, I want the beaches in Barcelona yeah. are real dope. So it's like, I don't want to go there in October. Right. So it's like, you know, I don't know. But most likely, <coughs> Dubai. I want to gotcha. go to Dubai. It's, I mean, granted, this whole uh, thing pop, you know. Peace. I'm in Deuce. Dubai. I'm in you know right. what I'm saying? I'll holler at <laughs> y'all. But, um, oh, the dope shows thing. Yes. Some, so again, some shit I know not. I, I keep everything top secret. How do, like, my, yo. <laughs> You know what it be? 
People like even just last year with the roots picking, people mention shit to me and then be like, "Oh, y'all want to do such so? Yeah, and they never mention it again. And then the next time that I see it is like on a fucking you know on a poster or whatever. So we didn't get invited back to the roots picnic this year. They scaled everything down. They're only doing two podcasts. They're only doing two podcasts. They're doing and it's it, like my man was like, "Yo, how they bring y'all back?" I'm like, "It's the Reed and Joe. Button. It's the Reed and Joe Button. It's, like, it's the two biggest podcasts in the fucking universe. Yeah. Like, don't don't compare where you can't compete. Yeah. So it's one of those sort of deals. We get it, but. Our good friends, sponsors of the show, supporters of the show, Dope Shows, they're doing their first annual Dope Fest uh, July 4th weekend, Saturday, July 6th, at the Man Music Center, same site as the Roost Picnic, and we're going to be the only... The only featured podcast on the Dope Fest stage. Um, a show that includes uh, Lil Dirk, uh, PNB Rock, who's putting the album out soon, NBA Youngboy, Pusha T, who, who Philly is in, is in love with, uh, 147 Cowboy, they just signed the Dream Chasers, uh, Zasosa, uh, Sean Sloan, Kill Switch Dance Group. Uh, Hen Rock and just a bunch of other like you know people from the area whatever like that and um, I think it's going to be like an incredible opportunity dope ass show we're going to be in front of 10,000 people with the podcast so it's going to be it's going to be lit yeah I'm going to show up with some tight you know I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm into my jiu-jitsu muscle mat have you, have you noticed how tight I'm looking yeah. over like I'm telling you my my, uh, my jiu-jitsu shit is, is popping man I'm going to show up with some real tight shit on when I show up <laughs> but um, yeah I, I knew nothing about this shit yeah. like I, I I was at work and motherfucker started hitting me like, Congrats, cuz. Oh, yeah, motherfucker. My, uh, one homie was like, "Okay, you back on the fe- festival stage?" I'm like, "No, the roots." I'm <laughs> the like, roots said, "I'm like, dog. I'm positive it's the." Re-. He was like, "Nah, nah. The uh, the um, the dope John." And I'm like, "Dope John? The hell is he talking?" Then I started getting the tags on. Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh, okay, okay. I see now. You know what I mean?" So yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, we gonna have the guys back up here uh, to you know talk about dope fest and all that and you know how it came about and everything. They just did uh, Boom 1039 uh, with Paris Nicole to announce it and everything like that. And um, it's gonna be it's gonna be big. It's gonna be big for the city. It's definitely gonna be big for the city. Make sure y'all go and get y'all tickets. They went on sale today. Tickets went on sale today. Um, go to Ticketmaster.com. Get y'all tickets for. Uh, for uh you know for for the dope fest uh and you can also go to dope shows online i believe dope shows online.com and you can get your uh, tickets there too for dope fest so yeah y'all want to see rose podcast ever live y'all want to see a motherfucking show we're gonna be there and uh we're out peace hey there ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster oh you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you yeah or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.